0: greetings everyone and welcome to the stacks uh, as always this is jay
1: and i'm shan luciana <laughs> mm, maybe mm.
0: no, eh, no. <laughs> uh as as we discussed at the end of the last episode uh you were correct on the pronunciation here it is lucia is a, is our film our our main film for this week uh very interesting picture. Uh, really 19, 1968, so it's right around the time of the Cuban Revolution. It's it's like, you know, just just post that, I guess. So it's sort of, which is why our final sequence doesn't have a specific year like the others. It's just
1: yeah, it was 19, is <laughs> like 196 dot dot dot
0: yeah it's like this is in the 60s like we we know we're we're about there (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh so directed by umberto solaz uh and i don't think i've ever seen any of his other films although maybe
1: and and it's definitely not a political film at all the guy in the first part even says i'm not political
0: no yeah i
1: think there's there's he basically says there's very fine people on both sides
0: He does say that uh, And he uh, isn't political, is he? No, he, he's, no. Not, he's not uh, hiding anything behind that uh, So our first episode th- This is a movie, that it's a triptych film uh, We've got three different women named Lucia At important, pivotal moments in Cuban history
1: and I wish I had done some research on Cuban history because I, <laughs> there, there's a lot of context in these that probably went over my head. But at the same time, I was able to get the gist of it. I think the yeah, gist I of think, what's important to these characters,
0: rather. Right. Like I, I think they do provide enough context that you sort of get it. Uh, I, I am only vaguely aware of a little bit of Cuban history, uh, so I, like I know. Some very broad strokes, but not a lot. Obviously, this 1895 one is a sort of failed revolution uh, to free them from Spain, from Spanish control. And then I guess the 19...
1: What is it, 25 or 35 one? Uh,
0: 32, I believe. 32,
1: that's it, uh, is a revolution to get rid of Machado I guess a corrupt Machado like a corrupt dictator.
0: Right. And th- this one's a successful revolution, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. And then the revolution
1: you know, succeeds.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it takes place. Uh and then the 60s one is the one that's still basically currently still running. Still going. Yeah, like that that's the one that that stuck. Uh, so that that's it's also really interesting in that context because we're seeing it fresh and this is a film made by them and it is sort of about revolutionary thought through those different eras uh, and specifically revolutionary thought and relationships between men and women and how those collide in lots of different ways.
1: Lots of different ways. We got we have three very different relationship dynamics here. They're all. Uh, men and women couples but the relationships between them are completely different
0: yeah all very very different uh but the women do tend to come out of it uh on the short end of history uh each yeah. time yeah uh and, and the the men are are kind of mostly punk asses except you know second guy i i got some second guys
1: okay i i like second guy he got the worst ending well yeah um, he got they, the ending he didn't deserve
0: yeah i mean he got the ending he was working towards i think everybody did yeah, but like yeah. the second one i do think is my favorite part but the first one is really striking as well uh and the third one is just fun and weird uh, <laughs> there there's oh man we're, we're gonna have
1: there, there's some discussions a lot to discuss because this i kind of go back thing. and f- as we're talking about it, I'm already going like I'm fresh off of watching the movie like right, five minutes yeah. ago. I finished it, <laughs> and I'm already kind of going back and forth on which part I like the most. Because <laughs> uh, before talking, I said the second part, but then I'm just remembering the the, <laughs> the whimsical ladies in the first part telling the story about the about the homeless woman and oh
0: yeah, for just the like oh it's so okay.
1: funny and like her voiceover over like the back drop of these horrifying war images
0: so jolly yeah <laughs> well oh. so here we'll we'll, we'll get started yeah, let's, on this. let's so, start because
1: this is uh, uh, this is gonna, we're gonna be here a while
0: <laughs> yeah because it's like three short films essentially that are just thematically connected like we don't have any returning characters or actors or storylines or anything it's just revolution and romance <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: or or lack thereof
0: yeah, kind of anti-romance in places. Uh, so 1895 is our starting point, and it starts with this lady arriving in a carriage, being scolded for her uh, "quote-unquote" messy hair, which uh, does not seem to be apparent. Uh, but
1: oh, uh, but it was messy by their standards at the time. She is a noble woman,
0: right? Or, or like
1: somebody of a wealthy. Yeah, I don't somebody. know.
0: Yeah, so some sort of wealthy background. Uh, but she is Cuban, uh, not Spanish. So, like, she's not, you know, an occupier, uh, wealthy person. Uh, and she's coming to mass with her mother. This is our first Lucia. And we just see her gossip with friends. She's definitely the most frivolous feeling of uh, all of our different revolutionary women.
1: Mm. Yeah, it takes her a long time to become revolutionary. Uh, she basically has to get completely screwed over before
0: it happens. Yeah, and the, I mean, again, all of these women do kind of feel sort of metaphorical for where Cuba was at the time and what happened with Cuba here, because this was a revolution that didn't work out. Oh, my uh,
1: God, that makes the third part
0: make so much sense. You say right? that. whole struggle. Holy shit. Yeah, you you okay. got to put the work in for the revolution, right?
1: Oh <laughs> my god.
0: So we have her coming to mass with her mother. Everyone's in very fancy formal dresses. They're they've all got like frilly umbrellas with flowers on them. <laughs>
1: they got their fancy hats. I love I love these hats. I love the hats in this film.
0: great wardrobe in this film really great great.
1: wardrobe it really really
0: is and the locations as well which is interesting because so many of them are ruins but they're always ruins like in all periods of the history they're they're just these fabulous ruins Uh, ancient forts
1: yeah yeah lots of that lots of um yeah ancient forts uh ruined cities
0: giant churches
1: Uh, giant churches um uh, I think our first Lucia's night house is nice. Yeah, that might be it. That
0: might yeah, be it. I guess that's that's the yeah. kind of the the nicest place because like they are nobility, <laughs> or something like they they have some manner of wealth.
1: Yeah, they're they have, they have, it's not really clear or specified or maybe it is and we just don't know the context, but they have.
0: Yeah. They have, they have status. Well, yes. they have a plantation, in They that's do own a
1: key. plantation, which is very
0: important. So, entering church, she runs into a man, and it's a very significant moment, like, capital S Significant. Uh, they they <laughs> both, like, stop, and it's, you know, it, it's that love at first sight thing.
1: It's like, excuse me, I accidentally brushed my sleeve against your sleeve. Oh, oh my... Mm-hmm. Uh, but there <laughs> so yeah it was like i like think it like plays a two out a second encounter
0: yeah but i think it plays out long with music a, a lot of especially this first sequence but kind of throughout the whole movie there are a lot of silent sequences where we just see mu hear music and see a scene play out like where there is dialogue and stuff but we don't hear the dialogue we just kind of oh, yeah. get the vibe
1: uh, particularly in this first half, there isn't really so a lot of much in this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. This one, like, it, it has a lot of very expressive sequences of just uh, people looking tearful and a lot of sweeping music.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of felt like a lot of the encounters that Lucia, Lucia has in this part, are kind of metaphorical. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the metaphors are like, particularly right. when she's running from him inside the ruined church and so she could just get out at any time
0: yeah that one's weird uh, so she learns that he is new in town and that he's a merchant
1: and he's new in town
0: he's new in town uh, he, he's, in a, he's a capitalist what are three other things about him um, <laughs> oh
1: yes uh, Raphael
0: Raphael, uh, and he's half Spanish, half Cuban. Uh, and he's the one who is like, I'm not political. I don't believe in politics. He, it doesn't matter. Either way. Well, see, he, he's
1: not half Cuban. His mother was half Cuban, so that makes him a quarter Cuban. Right. But that doesn't right. come up in the movie. He right. just says, I'm basically Cuban.
0: Right. He says he's just half and half. That That's his read on the situation. He's 116th yeah. Cherokee, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. He, he can weigh in on the situation yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> And he's like well it doesn't matter who wins the war Because I'm on everybody's side
0: Yeah I, I win whichever way it works Because I'm a capitalist <laughs> as I'm, he's, I'm a merchant
1: As he's in the house with his uh, Future fiance And her mother
0: Right I, I think at this point he's who not are, who are A cute. future fiance but, Oh so no like, actually
1: they aren't you're right Yeah so No they never become
0: engaged I think they do, but it's off screen, and then it sours off screen as well. (laughs) But we'll get to that. (laughs) So, uh, while we we see all of the ladies later sewing for soldiers, they're doing some home front stuff. They're sewing hammocks, uh, for the Cuban soldiers. Yeah. And out in the street, a bunch of soldiers, a bunch of Spanish soldiers, roll through town, and one of them is singing drunkenly, and there's this lady sleeping on the roadside who just is livid about it she starts screaming at them to shut up and he curses the whole town
1: (laughs) Yep, and they they kind of get into a fight and and this is all happening just outside the house where the ladies are doing their sewing work
0: Right, just outside their window. And he's like, I, I I, cursed the entire town. I want drought. I want birth defects. And he's screaming, Long live Spain! Long live Spain! And so all of the girls are drawn to the window by this commotion. <laughs> so Ferdin- Ferdin- Fernand- Fernandina. Fernandina. Fernandina is the lady in the, the street. And she keeps on. Yelling at the soldiers like she's starting To have a fight with him uh, and she's Like it's noon everybody's Asleep it's siesta time Yeah <laughs> and Then she starts just running Up and down the street screaming Wake up Cubans wake up Cubans the, Yeah the Cubans Aren't dead they're not dead <laughs> Yeah and And again like you know wake up Cubans does also feel like a Revolutionary slogan and these are obviously oh, yeah that's good enemy soldiers in town
1: <laughs> wow oh man my my film literacy hat <laughs> was not being warned when i watched this
0: <laughs> all right <laughs> so they start gossiping about fernandina <laughs>
1: yeah uh, now this is a heck of a thing one lady knows or
0: raffaella interestingly oh, raffaella interesting. same name uh, well, and she, she seems to be like she she has sort of a weird antagonism with Lucia, yeah, at least in the does. sequence. Like she's yeah. they're they're very catty towards her, or she is very catty towards Lucia, or at least Lucia is very easily offended. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, they, she does mention to him, to her earlier, um, like when they're in church. Oh yeah, we're all going to become old maids We're so old and too ugly to be married And it's like, uh, no the fuck you're not
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's 1895, so like old maid status was confirmed so much earlier
1: Yeah, she's like 35 tops
0: Yeah, and she's beautiful (laughs) She's
1: gorgeous, she's beautiful but so, yeah, so the story Fernandina
0: is the child of an Arab on the Lamb, purportedly here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know how much of this story is true, but
0: it it's some be. hot goss. Uh, yeah, she's so. Raffaella says that she's a battlefield sister of mercy, and we we see this whole fantasy sequence of her describing uh, what happened with uh, Fernandina.
1: Yeah, she's describing it as if it's this hilarious story while we're with while we're being shown this brutal scene. Which um, so I feel
0: if, I, I feel like it's Lucia's version of the scene. Like she's cause we we oh, keep yeah, cutting to be. her being incredibly she, offended and crying by the end of it.
1: Yeah, that's right. So that's that's right. So what ends up happening, uh so they are they're nuns who bless dead soldiers on the battlefield, I guess. Yeah. And uh, she, Fernandina, went to go and bless one soldier, and he got up. He wasn't dead. This whole unit.
0: And there were a bunch. There were yeah, a bunch. Yeah, this of whole
1: them. unit or group of bandits or whoever they were, I think. Were they Spanish?
0: Uh, I I assume so. Yeah. Um, th- this might be a different war. I don't know how yeah, long it's hard ago this say. is supposed to be. But, but yeah, it's just a group back, of guys yeah, who are pretending to be
1: dead. Pretend to be dead because they saw the nuns coming and thought, hey, easy rape.
0: Yeah, and exactly. that, and
1: so they do. That's what yeah. happens. They, they rape them. And the one lady is describing this like it's such a hilarious story. Oh, they got up and raped them all. Whereas we have this. It looks as brutal as it should. Like, this is brutal cinematography. This looks like a
0: horrible it's very thing that's happening. Happening. Yeah, it, like, it's it's gritty, it feels really Handheld uh, The only sound we have is Crying and running Like yep. all other sounds are drowned out They don't have any music in it It's it's a very intense, very uh, expressive Sequence
1: And I had a thought Towards the end of this part That made me want to go back And look at the faces of the people Who were raping her hmm. Um <laughs> because later on she tells lucia don't go don't go and i'm like don't go why right. would why would she know is she just being a crazy old lady or is she oh fuck
0: but she Please. does know better mm-hmm. uh so lucia is crying imagining it and then yeah, we it's... we cut forward to a rainy day where she runs into raphael again we we haven't even learned raphael's name at this point
1: yeah no not yet he's only said oh excuse me i bumped into you blah blah blah
0: right i don't even know if they exchanged words they might
1: not have even said
0: anything i think it might have just played out over music because a lot of sequences do in this one Uh, or they
1: might have yeah they might have said anything but there was no recorded dialogue
0: right who knows cuz that's what happens a lot of the time you you just see people talking but music plays over it instead of us hearing any dialogue
1: you know what it's always a time when you know what they're saying
0: yeah you you, you don't really need to know it it's more the vibe yes, uh, yes so it's it's this really rainy day and he offers to see her home she's really hesitant about it and then the rain starts to clear so he's like nah, i probably don't need anyone to see me home but she gives him her name. Uh, and th- this is a weird exchange that seems very significant. And this is one that seems very specifically cultural because he says, No, uh, your name really charms her.
1: Oh, yeah. She um, basically yeah. melts instantly.
0: Yeah. And I don't get it.
1: <laughs> no, me neither.
0: That's, that's one that's I, like, I unfortunately do not get. But it's does like Does this work? Like, she is so charmed. <laughs> she does go home. She does not let him uh, walk her home. But she goes home and, like, she goes to her room and she just laughs joyously. Like, just pure joy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, before the next Mass, she's very worked up while getting her outfit. She, it, she needs to oh, be yeah. just... Oh, she's, like, so nervous.
1: <laughs> and, and their mom and the sisters are all like, what the hell are you doing? What's going on? Get, get, hurry up and get ready. We do this all the time.
0: Yeah, and she's like, a of her week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you know she meets with Raphael, and he comes to tea after mass, I believe. And this is where we have the talk about that he's he's half Cuban, half Spanish. You know, technically, yeah, it's just it's it's just half and half, more or less. Uh, yeah, he,
1: no, I'm on both sides Of this war Yeah, I, I don't have a favorite. It's all
0: good. Uh, Politically whoever wins, neutral. Yeah. And we hear that Lucia has a brother who was sent to study medicine in Spain and to get away from the war. And Raphael starts in like, "Oh, so you know where your father's coffee plantation is. Do you do you know where that is? Like could you like give directions to that?" And he's like she she's <laughs> yeah. totally oblivious. Like yeah, I'm already like, suspicious of this dude at this point. <laughs>
1: Um, as, as soon as he said no, I'm, I'm completely neutral in the war. I'm like, oh, well, wow. yeah. I, well, and then, I didn't like him before he said that something about his vibe was off uh, when yeah. he was trying to get her to go trying to walk her home. But now yes. for sure.
0: Well, he was so insistent. And then yeah. the, the plantation thing, like when he starts asking about like, oh, do you know the way there? Uh, it, Yeah. It, I, I was, was like, oh, this guy's scum. I know he's scum. Yep. And she's, yep. she's completely oblivious. She's like, oh, look at my beautiful orchard.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's your plantation?
0: And he immediately is like, oh, I love you. And he goes in for a kiss and he asks her to marry. Yep. <laughs> and then things sort of cut forward a bit. We hear about there being no word from the plantation. And we kind of get the vibe that that is a rebel base right now and then their beloved brother Felipe returns like he's from the plantation he shows up he he can briefly check in but he has to go right back
1: yeah because because the mother was like well we've been scared sick you haven't sent any letters in four days and I'm like from a plantation really and that's they kind of tiptoe around it but yeah there's fighting or a base a rebel base or something at this plantation and mm-hmm. that they are actually careful to tiptoe around it when they're talking to outsiders i've noticed Which yeah is why i didn't quite pick up what it was
0: mhm she's like felipe and lucia have a really close relationship and she she's telling him that she's happy but she's not ready to say what she's happy about yeah uh, uh
1: felipe seems like a good guy
0: i sure he seem... last <laughs> he he seems a very decent revolutionary type Mm -hmm. we have a scene where everyone's just dancing vigorously at another of these parties in their house and someone almost faints and everyone kind of takes it as a sign that she's pregnant. (laughs) Yep. And they play some blind man's bluff and stuff. I don't know. It's a whole, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure what that scene was all about.
0: (laughs) And then outside Fernandina is having, you know, another fit of some sort. And then like some people are just being assholes to her, some randos. Oh, yeah,
1: they're, like, taking her bag and throwing it over her... They're playing keep-away with they're her bag. They're playing keep-away sack.
0: Yeah. And they're like, oh, she's possessed. Oh, and she calls them Frenchified dandies, which I thought was really great. <laughs>
1: yeah. Gotta,
0: I, I gotta start using that one. That one's excellent. That's,
1: that's really good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they start taunting her that she's a virgin, which is so weird. Very yeah, strange. Yeah, um... Yeah. And yeah, it's that, just
1: that's,
0: this so it's whole like, strange scene. Yeah. Like, is was
1: 1895 Cuba just high
0: school? It seems very high school.
1: Or at least these guys are high school.
0: Oh, they might actually be. Just a couple be. high school assholes. Yeah, they could be. But, like, notably, there's these two women who pass by and they're whispering about Doña Filina. Fidl- uh, uh who is Lucia's mom and that's oh there's a scandal.
1: The scandal yes so Rafael is apparently well not apparently he we find out later he is uh married and has a wife and child in Spain.
0: Yeah, a letter arrived from his wife and they opened I was like he's he's got a wife and a kid. <laughs> yep. And so we have one of these big expressive scenes of Lucia crying, just swelling, dramatic music.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, not, not quite a Citizen Kane, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, she she's really really going through it right now.
0: Yeah, and then we we get her meeting with Raphael at one of many ruined buildings, a series of ruined buildings, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like. Look, I admit I have a child, uh, but I am in love with you and I can't live without you. And he he makes her promise to meet him at five at the refinery and they meet again, which is another abandoned building. (laughs) There's just all of them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But This is Um, that really weird scene that you were talking about earlier where he's like kind of chasing her around,
1: chasing her. But. He's not really blocking her exit, and she could just leave. But she—they're in this small, like, yeah, this small little building thing.
0: It seems and more like play than anything.
1: I, it does
0: because he's like throwing know, his some... voice. Oh, oh, that part. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I think. There, I think we're a talking about scenes. different parts. The the it's probably <laughs> both of these scenes. One of them. Uh, she's kind of avoiding him, and one she's like stoked to see him. They're yeah. both in abandoned buildings and they're one after another, <laughs>
1: yeah, okay, yeah, that's what it Because yeah. um, in the first one, I got the feeling that she was like still hurt uh while he was chasing her, yeah, but in this one like she's she's kind of all in now,
0: yeah, as soon as Raphael. she's gone yeah she's she's gotten to the refinery, and the refineries are really weird location because it's full of paintings and antiques it's a very picturesque ruin yeah but of course so finally after playing around and throwing his voice around they meet they kiss they cry she tears open his shirt
1: oh gosh (laughs) Uh, so then we have
0: this (laughs) great cool long shot this is maybe my favorite shot in the movie where it's this very tall steeple and at the bottom of the steeple, there's a forest, and at the oh, bottom yeah. of the forest, there's the two of them, really tiny, walking along.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, because uh, th- we have got like this steeple just towering over the forest, and the forest just towers over them.
0: Hmm. And so they're discussing running away to the coffee plantation, and she finally admits <laughs> yeah. she knows the way, and yep, Fernandina like, comes we can be up. Safe
1: there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fernandina's like. Don't go with him I'm Don't telling go to ya. the coffee plant <laughs> and, and, this I...
1: is, and this is why I This was like my first real Oh fuck moment of the movie Because I, here's where I thought Was he one of the rapists?
0: Uh, we don't know
1: But he is a piece of shit
0: He is uh, And then we see them Riding alone to the place But then suddenly they're overtaken By just hordes of men on horseback With swords
1: and Raphael just rides away. Just
0: he breaks. dumps her off the horse.
1: He dumps her off the horse and rides off.
0: Rides back the other way. Back uh, the and, other way. And cavalry <laughs> just raid the fort, of course.
1: Yeah, like around him. <laughs> like they, he rides back through the cavalry that's yep. charging past him <clears throat> to the. Yeah, he's done. Yep. Yeah. He's like, I did my thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, we we get a really huge chaotic battle sequence. Just tons of sword fighting
1: sword fight yeah this is cool because like they're they're mostly using swords instead of firearms
0: Mm -hmm. Um, because 1895
1: yeah they they mean they had firearms
0: but Mm -hmm. not as widely available
1: yeah yeah so like so it's mostly sword fights like on stairs and stuff but uh a lot of people
0: yeah a lot of people just dying face down in the muck as well it's very muddy
1: oh yeah Mm -hmm. and we've got like freaking we've got Oh, th- this is a yeah. it just by the end of it, like we've got like naked people yeah, these... beating the shit out of Spaniards in the,
0: like the naked. The mud. Yeah, the the darker skinned riders just come up I, uh, when they hit the river. The the they ride in naked on horseback, attacking yep. the Spanish. They're drowning them physically in the river,
1: kicking the shit out of them. Honestly, but...
0: pretty rad. And but
1: they still lose.
0: Right, and we we see Lucia watching the battle unfold and screaming for Felipe,
1: huh,
0: yeah, and then it cuts um, to the next morning, or I guess later in the day, who knows it's the aftermath,
1: yeah, the battle's over, the bodies are piling up
0: and it's interesting um, the they it's played out totally silent, uh it's really blown out, like the contrast is super high, so like the, the This sequence in particular, there's there's a few places in the movie that kind of play with contrast, but this one really blows out the contrast for this part to kind of, I guess, you know, express the rawness of how she's feeling.
1: Yeah. Is this like the part where she's kind of looking almost at the camera? Like
0: basically. yeah. 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 And she she's wandering the plantation. She's looking for Felipe among the dead and dying, and she does find him. He is dead. He is not alive. And then we cut forward in time for one little kicker to this sequence to make it a little less uh, a little, dour. Yeah. Give it a little bit a of a little better, a little bit of an uplift. Uh, she's in all black back in the town square, and she's just wandering through this Christian festival in the plaza looking for Raphael.
1: Yep. And after after a while, uh she finds him. He's standing
0: in he's uniform, st-
1: in uniform with medals and everything with other uniformed officers.
0: Yep. And she runs up and she stabs that motherfucker to death. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and the look on his face when he sees her coming.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's he good. knows
1: what's happening to him. And, and it's not a clean stabbing. It is not clean. It's not pretty it's he a few suffered
0: <laughs> and he she's suffered. just dragged away yeah she she's dragged away screaming uh and it's just like a hard cut and like boom that's that sequence like whoa all right but, that's the show. what a great
1: movie in 1932 <laughs> next part
0: 1932
1: so yeah that that part though that first part
0: was it's definitely there was a the lot. harshest. Uh, yes. yeah, it, it really, really builds up. Like, it's a huge war melodrama, whereas part two is kind of a revolution romance. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Two... Part two feels a bit more, like... A bit more personal, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't have, like, the big scale... Well, I guess we should go into it.
0: Yeah, so it's it's less... It's a uh, it's the failed revolution section or or the revolution that didn't totally work out, uh, and we start with our new Lucia in nineteen thirty two, who's been sent away from the city to the house in the Keys, and I don't really know exactly where this would be. I guess we're still talking about the Florida Keys. I
1: think so, but I don't really I don't really know.
0: But there are riots in town, so that's why she's been sent away with her mom. And
1: No, she's been sent away with her mom so that her dad can cheat on her mom. Didn't you hear her <laughs> mom
0: say that? Yeah. So her mom is just constantly bitching and moaning about everything. <laughs> just that's all she does. Uh, they yep, came that's... here too early in the season, there's no one to play bridge with, and she is, like, bitching and moaning a fucking streak, and then she falls flat on her face, and Lucia just dies laughing at her. <laughs> like, that's, that's kind of our introduction to the characters. <laughs> yeah. And they're just kind of in this deserted beach town. Uh, it, it's it's kind of an interesting quasi-liminal space, because it's the beach town a few weeks before the season starts, and it's just like barren. Every place seems totally abandoned. Mm-hmm. So, so mom has heard gossip that the husband <laughs> is cheating on her with, uh, un- unfortunately a mulatto is, uh, the, the word she uses. the used. word they use. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who could pass for white except for the hair. Uh, and she's just constantly on about this, that the husband is cheating on her and that's why they're away. And uh, she, uh, lucia's sick of it Lucy is so sick of it yeah she's like she's
1: like why she basically like why don't we just enjoy this it sucks but we're here so let's you know make the best of it kind of thing
0: yeah i th- this is the lucia that i vibe with the most for sure because she's like oh, this is so stupid but i i just can't deal with this anymore so i'm just gonna go Wander around this abandoned beach town And sneak into abandoned buildings And just see what I can do <laughs> <laughs> she, Have some fun
1: She totally does that Yeah And it's here she finds The best guy of our three uh, male leads Aldo Aldo I was like please don't let this guy be
0: an asshole I like and Aldo he's a lot he's good. he's good He's a good guy He's a, so good he's a revolutionary and he's yep. like, let me tell you about the attacks I've been on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I came here to recover after I got shot while doing revolutionary things. Uh, yeah, we were... my, my
0: two buddies. We're, we're a whole revolutionary cell. They brought me here after a security cop shot me.
1: There were supposed to be five of us, but two never, ever showed up. Don't know what yeah. happened to them.
0: Who knows? That's that's how these things happen in revolutionary circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's basically healed up now, so he has to go back soon. And he's like, I don't want to, but this is a fight that needs to be fought. You know, he, he is very true to the cause.
1: Yeah, he's, he, he's, one, of the, he's one of the good revolutionaries. Um, yeah. The, the ones who actually believe in what they're doing.
0: Yeah, he totally believes in what he's doing, and he's working towards bettering things. And that he, he's really going for a, a real thing. And she's like, yeah, OK, I, I'm into that. And she's talking about how sick she is of her mother's just constantly bitching about her dad. She demonstrates some flapper dancing for him. They they basically spark a romance. It's it's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And of course, she goes back home and has another argument with with mom about dad cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's about their only interactions, I think, pretty much.
0: Yeah, it goes back and forth a lot. Uh at the, that night the revolutionaries slip away by boat. She watches them go. And mom, of course, gets sick of the keys, so they just go back to the city anyways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no riots.
0: Yeah. Come on. I really like her sailor slash schoolgirl outfit in this sequence. Oh yeah. Top notch. <laughs>
1: she's she's got like the the Madeline hat.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, of course, she meets up with Aldo because he's in town doing his revolutionary stuff, and she meets up with his revolutionary buddies. Uh, and I don't remember the third guy's name, but we've got Antonio and his wife, Flora, yeah, um,
1: yeah, I don't remember the third guy either. he
0: he does not he last to the it. end, but I don't remember like, we don't see a scene when he dies. They're just sort of a jump cut and he doesn't exist anymore. He's he's been nullified.
1: Yeah, he he, he I guess he just
0: died. We didn't see the, screen, the or, mission. Yeah we, yeah, we lost that mission. Uh but Flora is warning uh Lucia that you know life about life as the the wife of a revolutionary isn't great. And but it's like She's still... And she decides, like, she's into it. She, she's, she's with him full tilt. She's with the revolution. Yep.
1: And they're planning
0: um, their next attack during all of this, of course.
1: Yeah. She's so into it that she even <laughs> vandalizes her own va- workplace bathroom.
0: Well, first, we see them sleep together. And yep. it's, it's a very significant moment. They, he says that she's his first and that he's not ashamed to admit it. Uh, there, he, he really has no toxic masculinity, unlike <laughs> uh, certain other uh, male leads oh, later on.
1: Oh, I have words about that guy.
0: <laughs>
1: Ooh, we're going to get into it.
0: <laughs> so we see her get this job, and this is actually the opening shot of the segment is also her at this job, interestingly. And then it flashes back.
1: Yeah, we, we do get a lot of... We do get a lot of jumping around in time a bit, Uh, especially this one, but we do get some and it's it doesn't really tell you that I found it a little hard to keep track of at first.
0: Yeah, it never really expresses how much time has passed. There is no real way to tell. It's just, oh, I guess it must be later.
1: (laughs) It must be later. She was she was just a little pregnant. Now she's very pregnant, but it's still 1935, I guess.
0: Yeah, and oh, uh, that one guy died. I guess he's not there oh, yeah, anymore. he's not there anymore. <laughs> Just his girl. Uh, but so it's at this job where uh, we see her write anti-government graffiti on the bathroom walls. She and Flora, they both work she, there. Yep,
1: yep. And the supervisors flip their shit.
0: Oh man, they get so chewed out.
1: Oh yeah, and it's threatened. like we're gonna take everybody down to the police station
0: yeah and there's like this one older lady who saw them doing it, and she's just especially being harassed by the boss ladies, but they all have worker anti boss solidarity
1: yes they they do they don't rat
0: yeah they they've got the solidarity the it's it's they're- they're all real revolutionaries uh in the sequence we also have a lot of sequences where she and Aldo are just having romantic cuddles on the roofs of an ancient fort at night. It's just so great. <laughs> mm-hmm. this is the real revolutionary romance section this is the sequence of just like oh I'm having a good time <laughs>
1: revolutions are cool
0: <laughs>
1: if you're not uh, the guy who got, dies off screen
0: right so then we have this great sequence this is sort of the big clash sequence of this movie there's a bunch of cops in a theater watching a stage dancing review practice I guess that's that's what
1: I'm guessing. They're yeah, it's it's what it practice. Looks like. It feels like a practice, and these cops just waltzed in to watch it, but they're they're heckling it. They're they're drunk and they're shitty they're cops.
0: Yeah, and it's like uh a, a, kind of like a, a sexy review. So they're like all sort of semi-nude. Yeah. And all the revolutionary guys come in, are three guys, uh two of them with Tommy guns, Aldo just has a pistol. Uh and yeah. meanwhile there's a big worker revolt. We see uh, uh, Lucia and Flora and all of them uh, with anti-Machado banners going down the street.
1: Yeah, marching down the street and the cops show up and do what cops are going to do.
0: Yeah, there's like dry, ride, ride by on horseback clubbing of protesters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also see the revolutionaries open fire on the cops in the theater and there's a big firefight. There was a (laughs) firefight! Huge firefight. Big firefight. But the revolutionaries kill all of the cops, and all of them do get out. This time. Yeah, (laughs) we we do see all three of them get out of there, and I assume we didn't see that guy get wounded or something that he dies because it's right after this that he's gone. (laughs) I don't recall. Um, We we kind of just flash forward to the end of the revolution, because it's like we see... The, the protesters being clubbed We see them gun down the cops And then it's like they wake up The next day to bells ringing
1: <laughs> Yeah basically Well I don't know if it's the next day or if it's just It can't day. be because he's it dead by be. then <laughs> <laughs> But yeah Bells ringing uh, Machado has fallen
0: Machado. Uh Machado. yeah they've won Yeah uh, yep. But it's not going Super great and it kind of Corrupts fast
1: yeah, see, so I didn't know, I didn't know how many revolutions Cuba has had, but this is like,
0: sometimes they don't the feel like,
1: yeah, kind of feels like what happened with the French Revolution, where they just did the old system, but they're in charge now.
0: Kind of, yeah, it, it, it's sort of, they went in with ideals, and then they just sort of sold them out really quickly.
1: Yeah like and we see like one of these sellout scenes where um Aldo and uh oh, what's the other guy's Antonio Antonio are at like this political function ball or something
0: it's so excessive there's just rich people in long white gloves and really heavy jewelry partying
1: and like like low cut dresses and people just groping each other and
0: the vibes and Ald- are super nasty
1: and aldo's just like i don't like this
0: yeah aldo he, is he's, totally not he's, into it
1: no he's hanging out in the corner brooding which is what i would do too
0: and ultimately he leaves as well but like even before that we see ripples where like he's at work because I, I think he works at a newspaper or something something like that yeah And we see this elderly guy crying because he's been fired from his job of like 40 years uh, for some new revolutionary guy to just be slotted in to his position. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we we see Aldo kind of reacting to that and being like, I don't know if I like this. And Antonio shows up and we learn that he's been cheating on Flora and is just like total scumbag.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he sucks.
0: And we cut to uh, Flora and Lucia at their place. And it's like 10 days after the revolution. And they're like, maybe being a wife of a revolutionary isn't so rad. <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't heard from either of the guys in 10 days. They're starting to both realize, like, we live in a shitty flop house and there's ants. I hate this house. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, their their house sucks.
0: <laughs> it's pretty gross. I mean, like, when you're living the whole revolution lifestyle, maybe it seems romantic, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, I could,
1: I could see that, yeah, but now you're but, trying to just live a real life in itself. Yeah,
0: now it's ten days after the revolution, they haven't even seen these guys, it's not cool living here. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Flora is suspicious of her husband, she's very right to be. <laughs> yep. Um, and then this... this is when we have that party... And all yeah, the and then we see all of them kind of partying later together, like the two couples mm-hmm. because, you know, third guy's been lost. And Aldo wants to reminisce about him, Felito. That's
1: okay. Yeah. Felito. And the other two, uh, Florin and Antonio are like, dude, come on, man. We're trying to have fun here.
0: You're ruining the party. Remembering <laughs> the past.
1: And it's like, And Aldo and Lucia are like, come on, we have friends who died for this and we're just didn't even change anything. We're just, yeah, Yeah. we're upset.
0: We're like the revolutions, revolutions already sold out. We're so disappointed. And uh, Aldo has a really great line. They're playing us for chumps. What's wrong with you? Let the dead go fuck themselves. Yeah, yeah. um... And Antonio finally is like, look, yeah, it's all a pile of shit. I know, but. You know, I want to sell out. And just the, the party collapses. Lucia rips into Flora.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I like what she says here. It's like, I don't know what you two wanted from the revolution, but I do know what Aldo wanted.
0: Right. And she's like, you made your husband sell out his ideals for money. And just everybody is just sitting there crying at the end of the scene. Yeah, no,
1: nobody's really...
0: <laughs> it's, it's a downer. <laughs> yeah. Uh and Aldo just feels really defeated. Lucia does remain totally devoted to him. Mm-hmm. Uh and then we hear we, we see a bit of a Tommy gun fight in a public square and someone comes to get Lucia at work.
1: Yeah. Um oh
0: we And did, you can guess what happens.
1: <laughs> you you can absolutely guess what happened, but we did miss a very important thing that Lucia is pregnant with oh, Aldo's yes. kid.
0: That's right. Um and has been for some time. Has been
1: like, for some time at this point.
0: Yeah. It it's the like in the flash forward when that one guy dies <laughs> off screen, uh she yeah. becomes more noticeably pregnant.
1: Yeah, they and they talk about it like Aldo's like, oh yeah, well I got to be in Havana, I got to do all the legislation and paperwork and blah blah blah. Right.
0: But and, yeah. So she's and it, and it was right before the party thing where Aldo was promising to take Lucia with him to Havana, and he's like, but it all went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh. So she's taken so, to yeah, she's
1: taken to a morgue and we have a creepy mortician who doesn't say anything yeah they all look like this guy
0: they all do <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can tell in you movies creepy this is
1: mor- creepy old man mortician and you're probably imagining this guy
0: yeah it is the cinematic type it's very interesting of course it is aldo's body he's died in a revolutionary tommy gun fight of some sort uh, Flora comes to console her and bring money, but Lucia just isn't into it. It's like, no, screw you. I don't want it Fuck and I you, don't like Flora. you. Yeah, yeah. And she, it it just sort of concludes with her again wandering around abandoned buildings and crying. Uh, and it's a uh, it's a big vibe. It's it's such a downer. Like again, it's sort of the Empire Strikes Back in this little trilogy, but. I love it yeah. it's it is my favorite of the three, but like it is a it is a punch in the gut at the end, although both of the first two kinda are
1: yeah, yeah, and that's Lucia. what a great movie <laughs>
0: 1960?
1: Uh, 60, 60 something sixty something we don't know it is actually told as one nine six dot dot
0: yeah. And we see a truck picking up a couple people And everybody's singing and clapping They roll into town but, You know, it's, it's the work truck uh, for, for the Revolutionary Committee And they're honking They're like, oh, her highness is always late Now that she has a boyfriend
1: This is the Lucia that I relate to the most uh, For better or worse
0: She's quite interesting and she's She like, really is yeah, and everybody's like, they're completely scandalized because he, uh, her her fiancé doesn't want her to work after marriage. And she also wants to work. So, like, she's she's not into it. And he's like, yeah, well, we'll try and bring him around to it. They they all work yeah. at, like, a, a communal flower nursery. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Uh, uh, communal, and, of course, being the key word because yes, everything versus is post revolution
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is big on revolutionary uh, revolution is a really important concept that they're talking about through this whole thing. And we get this flashback to her meeting her man, Tomas. Tomas is a piece of work. <laughs> he sucks.
1: I think I hate him more than I hate Raphael.
0: How do you feel between Tomas and Harj?
1: Uh, Tomas is a Harge without resources,
0: yeah. Tomas is but, is not Tomas doesn't have like the the hard uh, uh, infrastructure,
1: but he has the Harge him. attitude.
0: yes, he goes hard he, he uh, goes hard so he he picks her we we see with this is one of the musical sequences. I think this is the only just like all music sequence in this part, which is much more uh dialogue driven it's kind of the comedy sequence of the 3 i i guess <laughs> it's it's it, it is essentially a marital comedy i i would say the first part is a uh, you know a war melodrama second part revolutionary romance uh slash you know downer art film uh this, th- this third part is just totally like a domestic romantic comedy that's just sort of got That's about revolutionary thought
1: (laughs) It's definitely filmed and scored as a comedy Yeah Like we have We have actual musical numbers with vocals And I thought it was like licensed music But it turns out it's a song about what's happening in the movie
0: Oh I love that part (laughs) But so for this part It's Guantanamera playing And we have the flashback of their meeting With him picking her up in her truck She was carrying this really heavy sack Down the road Yep. And, and it seems like, uh, you know, it's it's sweet and charming, and then we like see it. them get married, and we first just see people gossiping about them, that they're having sex 24-7, and we're sort of, like, teased into the situation, I guess in the same way that Lucia was. Uh, yeah. we, we see them playing semi-nude hide-and-seek. For some reason, they have a bunch of chickens, just, like, live chickens just on their kitchen table, just hanging out. <sighs>
1: And their closet looks like a church confessional booth.
0: Yeah. Which I thought it was at one? first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was at first. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like, be, they, they never leave the house
0: right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's it seems like it's sort of just honeymoon stuff, and it's very sweet. And then finally, they go out to one thing. They go to a dance party, and she's hanging with Angelina who's sort of like the the boss like she and uh, Flavio are kind of the the people kind of in charge around here they're kind of running the the commune mm-hmm. and Angelina's berating her about not working it's like what about the revolution and oh, just she's what like my husband says yo <laughs> no she, what she says is he says he's the revolution oh
1: yeah right
0: Oh Ooh. That, that's gross. That is gross. And Angeli's like is gross. we'll talk to him. <laughs> I yeah, love we'll Angelina by him, by the way.
1: She's good. And I really like Flavio too. I like yeah. I like all the, the back the side characters in this one.
0: They're all a lot of fun. Uh, so he this is where we first see how unbelievably jealous he is because she's dancing with someone else and he gets in a great big fight about it. Oh yeah, like like a fist fight. fist fight and then he takes her home and nails the doors and windows shut yep he's like you're gonna be mine and mine alone you are
1: not to have anybody over when i'm out and you are not to leave when i'm out uh yeah and yeah literally nailing the doors and windows shut
0: and he's a real jerk about it as well that like he's totally hypocritical he goes out cruising and flirting yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah. And then he won't let her go to the revolution meetings. He won't let her go to work, uh, but he yeah, goes yeah. to the revolution meeting.
1: And at the revolution meeting, uh, Flavio gives a speech where they're bringing literacy teachers from Havana to teach all the citizens how to read, which is fucking mm-hmm. awesome.
0: It's rad. Well, that's this, is, this is a thing that they did. Yeah. Uh, and they also make pretty clear that they're not cool with jealousy. That Yes. You know, that, That's just not a revolutionary ideal. It doesn't fit with the revolutionary mindset. Uh, And he gets home and Lucy is like, I want to see my mother. And he's such a prick about it.
1: Oh, yeah. What she says is like, since I married you, I don't have parents.
0: Yeah. And he's like... Well, you can see her, but you have to send word through the grocery delivery lady tomorrow, and she can relay word for your mom to visit, but only at night when he's there. Like, the guy is so psychotically insecure. Oh, yes. I I wanted him to die. (laughs) And he's like... He won't let her come to work even with him, like, accompanied by him. And he's like, you know I don't change my mind. It's like, wow, what a prick. (laughs) Mm. And then the literacy teacher, of course, shows up on their doorstep. He's been sent by Flavio to teach Lucia to read.
1: And Tomas is like, what the hell? I know how to read, and she's my wife. She doesn't need to know how to read. And the guy's like, listen, this is...
0: This is revolutionary. Not
1: for any of mm-hmm. us. We all have to. We are all doing this, and he's you like, have to do this too.
0: Yeah, and he's that—that's absolutely resur- absurd. I'm going to take you with me to Flavio, and we'll we'll deal with this. And Flavio's <laughs> Flavio like Flavio
1: shuts him down.
0: Yeah, Lucia can't read or write. She is a victim of Yankee imperialism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: And Tomas is like, yeah, but she's she's mine. He doesn't even have an argument. He just says no a whole bunch.
0: Yeah. He's and like, I she... don't want him sleeping at my house. It's like, well, I don't care. It's part of the program. <laughs> <laughs> this is government <laughs> business. Screw you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He he gets to sleep at your house. And.
0: Well, she's they don't have right.
1: to feed him, I guess, because of how the system works. Right. He gets exactly. Fed. They get their rations. Yeah. Or however, I
0: don't I don't know how that works. I don't know, because, yeah, I mean, they're all just kind of working together. Yeah. But we have this montage of Lucia learning. And she she starts to learn language and the, the alphabet and stuff. Uh, and then we also get Tomas and the teacher just driving together. And he's still just constantly being a prick. <laughs> he's, he's the teacher's, yeah, like, I, I have a girl back in Havana. And Tomas makes this crack about, oh, I thought you boys in Havana only lived off older women.
1: <laughs> and the guy just looks at him like,
0: It's like, "What is your fucking deal? We this is it's a revolution. Do you not get this?" Yeah, like. Uh... And they get back, and Tomas has heard that Angelina came to visit, and talked he... to Lucia, and he loses his mind. He
1: loses his fucking mind. It's not even a guy coming over.
0: She's the fucking boss lady. Come on. She's
1: like, yeah. Yeah, and and oh yeah, but he loses his shit.
0: And Lucy is like, "Look, Ange wants me back at work, and I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, is, this is what I want to do." And Tomaz is like, "Listen to me, I'm the only one who's right in this house." And like, yeah, he... it's it's almost an office gag. It pulls back, and the teacher is there in the same scene.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, just like. Oh, Go ahead. The, the whole time that the teacher is teaching her, he's at the table just glaring at them the whole time. Smoking through, a cigar. Montage.
0: Yeah. Uh. So Flavio and Ange are discussing the problem. And they're like, yeah, I mean, this is how Tomas' dad was, too. This is a generational thing. This is really deep set. And this guy is a mule. He practically he eats grass. Change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: is what flavio says
1: yeah they're like this guy will not change this guy is not smart he's not
0: he's dumb he's he's doesn't get it he is a prototypical dumb macho guy uh and he's a type and and that's kind of i feel sort of what this movie is about and it's sort of like this is really interesting because it's about revolution in terms of how it relates to women more than anything else and the role of women and it talks very much about uh the role in society but not in a traditional way it's like look those traditions don't exist anymore and women need to be equal and it's like very aggressively like these men who are not allowing that are against the revolution i think that's really cool well that's that's even what Flavio says yeah. to
1: Tomas. He's like, Listen, it's not like that anymore. The world exactly. isn't this way anymore. You cannot do this, or you are against what we stand for. Yeah. And, and they, they use the term like they use the term like you can't keep her as a slave. That that word mm-hmm. keeps coming up.
0: It comes She's up not very your
1: slave. Often. You can't lock her up like your slave.
0: You have and, no right to ruin her life. <laughs>
1: He never denies that he's doing the things. He just says, yes, I do have the right.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm her husband, so I own her. I'm Uh, the
1: breadwinner,
0: even though that's not a thing. And this whole thing is sort of an argument against that concept. So like during a lesson, Tomas falls asleep and the teacher's like, why do you let him treat you like this? It's like he's my husband. It's like your husband should be the first to respect you.
1: I, I like this teacher guy. We don't find out his name. No, he just just a calls teacher. him Havana.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Flavio also he he tells Tomas like, look, new homes are opening up in the housing project, and they're going to give priority to couples who both work. Tomas is like, whatever, <laughs> I don't care.
1: Tomas is like, oh well, I guess I'm not getting this house then. It Sucks to be me. Oh well, what can I do? It's like. What do you mean? What can you do?
0: Yeah, Flavio's like, I don't get you, man.
1: <laughs> you're admitting that you're being left behind, and you're just okay with that.
0: Yeah, and his only argument is, well, I have my own ideas. Like, screw uh, you, you tool. I hate this man. I do my own research, <laughs> right? Uh, he's he's one of those guys. Uh, so I used Google. Yeah, and this is where he he uh, Flavio is telling him, like, you have no right to ruin Lucia's life and treat her like a slave. And then during a lesson, Tomas freaks out because the teacher holds her hand to show her how to write something.
1: And here's where the teacher, like, freaks out back, like, you can't teach someone how to write without holding their hand, you fucking moron.
0: And Lucia and then, also stands firm here. She's like, you are being psychotic and I will not deal with this anymore.
1: Yeah, so they're they're both like the teacher. The teacher is taking a stand here, too. Like, yeah. you are being a dick. You are treating her like a slave. Um, yeah, yeah, it turns into like this big shouting match.
0: Of course. And then in bed much later, he recounts their initial meeting and he starts to get obsessed with why she got in his truck so easily.
1: And what she says is, "I was carrying a heavy ass sack."
0: Yeah, I was carrying a heavy sack for hours. Screw you.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. So I don't think it was love at first sight. I think
0: no, it was for the
1: relationship. Yeah, I think the relationship just developed, and we never saw it.
0: Yeah, and she confides in the teacher, and he's like, "Just leave. This is absurd. (laughs) You can't live like this." And Tomas is spying on them at that time and he bursts in to fight. Yep. (laughs) And then, of course, we cut to Lucia showing up crying at Ange's and Tomas is just drinking at a bar.
1: Here's where we've got the music going. Uh, Mm. There's a few other sequences like this, like playing over them working or whatever. where
0: The slanderous mambo.
1: (laughs) The slanderous mambo. We were discussing... Uh, a slanderous mambo about Tomas and Lucia's life. And, uh, uh, just
0: especially I, about how much of a jealous dickhole he is.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like, and he's so jealous, he's the laughingstock of the town. Yep. Uh,
0: they definitely do lean song. on the, the laughingstock of the town. Uh, part. Oh, yeah. And just that, you know, he,
1: he, he just gets. He, they do that thing where he just, get, as time passes where he's without her, he just gets more and more disheveled just as filthy. he drinks more and doesn't change his clothes and sits yeah, he... in a gutter while the cheery, upbeat, happy song is playing about how much he sucks.
0: Yeah. I it's It's weird because like, it doesn't seem like a lot of time passes because he just goes out drinking and then like, he comes back home to find her gone, and that's when he rages out. And it's like, how long has he been out drinking? Is it just been a couple hours, and he got that unbelievably filthy? Like, he looks like he fell in the ocean.
1: Yeah, he like, it did look like he, he had been drifting for weeks.
0: Yeah. Uh. Uh, so he finds a note. She left a note. She wrote, I'm oh, leaving. Oh, this... This is adorable Because so she sweet.
1: spells it wrong
0: Yeah, so I'm leaving, I'm not a slave uh, She she misspells a couple of the words
1: Yeah, but it, it's so good I'm so glad that I love that it was a note
0: Yeah, because it's it's symbolic of You know, her accepting these teachings And the, this is sort of the thing That drove the wedge between them as well
1: Well, something was gonna If it
0: wasn't this Yeah, no kidding, like what a dick so Tomas drives to Flavio's and Flavio's like, we haven't seen her since you caged her like a bird after the wedding. <laughs> He's like, no, really, where is she, you jerk? And he just goes out lurking for like, her everywhere. I know, you
1: know, but we're, we're going to talk. And I'm like, Tomas, this Let's guy see. would kick your ass. Oh, yeah. This guy's a real revolutionary in a real revolution. He will kick your ass.
0: Yeah. So his
1: wife will kick your ass, Tomas.
0: Oh, Ange has definitely
1: Ange. <laughs> Ange has kicked a few asses in her time. I bet.
0: Yeah, they they both look like they would not be someone you want to mess with. Mm-mm. And so, Tomas he he hears from a farmer that he saw some women headed for the salt flats, and he tracks them down. Uh, and it's it's uh, it's uh, Ange and uh, Lucia and the work crew. He's demanding that Lucia come home, of course, and she and runs entire... away.
1: Yeah, the entire crew is standing with her.
0: Yeah, and, she and runs, and, she... and he chases, and all of them chase them.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they they pin Thomas down. Or she climbs up,
0: yeah, she climbs up on top of a pile of salt and screams at him, I don't love you anymore, go to hell, as they subdue him. And this is when we get the second part of the jealousy mambo. <laughs>
1: yeah, where we find out that... Uh she's allowed to work now, but she can't live without a...
0: him. Which... Somehow. And him <sighs> hilariously, I... my my favorite shot of this is him sitting in the surf. Like, he's on the beach, he's sitting in the waves crashing, he's crying, and he's trying drunkenly to listen to a seashell and fail. Oh, yeah! He's <laughs> yeah,
1: trying to listen to a <laughs> seashell. This guy, this guy is... Everyone's high school. He's Homer boyfriend. Simpson.
0: <laughs>
1: no, Homer Simpson wouldn't cage Marge up like a bird.
0: No, but he's got a Homer Simpson esque kind of energy. Like, this is a Homer Simpson ending. Like, this is Marge walking up to Homer on the beach <laughs> at the end oh of some my fight they had.
1: God, it is, because Lucia walks up. Um, she's like, okay, I'll take you back, but it can't be how it was before.
0: And he's and like, and I he's knew like, you'd see your mistake. And he's like, like, No, no, listen. listen. <laughs> I want then, to work. I want to be useful. He's I, like, I refuse.
1: <laughs> and, and they're still and they're like arguing about it and oh
0: he's and like, this, I refuse. She says, I refuse your refusal and they scream at each other. <laughs> and there's also this,
1: Sorry, go ahead there's a little girl walking by with a goat who's watching them on the beach while they're
0: doing yeah. this and they're and arguing. cutting back to her.
1: They're arguing, but you can't hear what they're saying because the music's going and they're like rolling around
0: on chasing the beach, each other, like,
1: but they're struggling. They're not happy They're This is,
0: well, it's weird. Cause it's half like struggle, half kind of like playful. It's very weird. And just it's like it... a lot. It shows the girl with the goat laughing. Yeah. Like her watching she's them. seeing a laughs.
1: whimsical thing.
0: Yeah. And it's just. Boom. The, the music swells. And that is the. That actual is the end. movie.
1: Yes. Oh man. What a. If it feels like we breezed over any of this stuff. Because we're really talking like. Three full movies. fit into the space. Of one hour. Put together. Over three hours.
0: Yeah, and because
1: each one of these feels like its own movie.
0: Yes, each one is its own complete arc uh, Comple- with yeah, a full yes. group of characters, um, uh, conflict
1: resolution. Yes,
0: yeah. and the um, the thing is, they're all pretty experimental. Like we have a lot of those long sequences of music and images without. Uh, dialogue or a lot of moving forward in the story. It, it lives leaves a lot of time for expression, so it's a little easier to get through all of the plot machinations of three stories.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a lot of time was spent on like the the fight sequences or the battles, the yeah. ones that happen.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's. I mean, they're just chaos. It, it's it's very realistic war yeah. sequences.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You can't tell what's going on. It's like, oh, that guy's beating up that guy. That guy's beating up who's on that guy's side.
0: And you don't know any of these people. Like, we've never met any of the characters involved.
1: I would fail so hard if I went to war because it's like, oh, shit, is this guy on my team or is it on their team? Is he on my team or on their team? Oh, he was on their team.
0: Uh, Yeah.
1: Well, that's the end of my story.
0: Yep, that's how it be. Yeah, quite.
1: uh, Yeah. Quite a A film movie. It's really um, great. Strong recommend. You could actually, if you wanted to, like, and I almost thought about doing that, watch the three parts individually. But mm-hmm. they do need to go. They do work together.
0: And yes, it they, does they form a like larger the, concept of the revolution, uh,
1: revolution. The progress of the revolution. So, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And, and it was done in, like, the 60s, so Castro was young. Yeah, this they is didn't 68. know that Castro was going to like be just, the Cuba guy forever.
0: Just live on for so long, yeah.
1: Yeah, like they, they it was when they made this, everything I think was still up in the air for them.
0: Yeah, probably. Well, that's why it's nineteen sixty dot dot something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, for our next film from this stack. Uh, do we do the next one in this box, which is After the Curfew. Uh, That is an Indonesian film about uh, freedom fighters in the Indonesian Revolutionary War. Uh, Just, you know, trying to adjust to life in Indonesia after the war.
1: Oh, here, actually. I've got the the back of it here. Mm -hmm. Giving voice to the anguish of a nation fighting for its soul. Uh Uh-oh. Usmar... Ismail's After the Curfew follows the descent into disillusionment of a former freedom fighter who is unable to readjust his civilian life following the revolution that gave Indonesia its independence from the Netherlands. I didn't even know that they were part of the Netherlands. Steeped in moody atm- atmospherics and psychological tension, this film struck its national cinema like a bolt of lightning, illuminating on screen for the first time with unflinching realism, the emotional toll of Indonesian society's post-colonial struggles.
0: Whew. So we have That sounds that, like it's
1: going to be that. So going be heavy.
0: There's that versus Afterlife, which is a Japanese movie and it's like no. uh, after you die, you go hang out with this little independent film crew and they uh, they they have this little setup where you relive and uh re-experience your favorite memory and like they they create a a film set version of it and you get to be in it and then they make a little small film for you to take with you to the next world and it's interesting yeah and it's a movie about the people who work there it's a really beautiful movie uh this is one i have seen a couple times before it's great okay
1: why don't we put that up next and All right.
0: uh, we'll get not, to the others yeah, get sooner or to later the
1: others, yeah, at some point. Yes.
0: All right. Cool. So any further thoughts on Lucia before we move on to our second part? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> it's a big thing. Like <laughs> there is oh, so, so overall, much. I guess I uh, what which is your favorite part on reflection now? Um,
1: I keep going back and forth. Oh, I didn't really get to how the third lucia was the most like me because
0: mm.
1: i've been there
0: mm-hmm. i've been, been in shitty relationship
1: yeah i've been in a and, and i understood and, and i get how it's hard to leave um even when you've had your independent spirit completely crushed and how it's like well perhaps maybe,
0: because you've had your independent spirit yeah, completely crushed
1: oh definitely no, no. yeah no yeah. perhaps about it that's the right. reason and how, like, you're like, and then when you do leave, it's it's so hard. It's like, well, maybe I could just go back. But but don't go back. Don't don't do
0: it. Don't go if, back. Yeah. <laughs> if
1: you've left and it's an abusive relationship, stay out. She keeps saying, like, well, maybe he'll change. Maybe he'll change. He won't change even after the end of the movie. We, This guy isn't going to change. This guy he does is not seem gonna like suck. someone
0: who's going to change. But like the revolution might force him to.
1: Or he might, uh, you know, get killed in a gunfight, and she can do what she wants again.
0: I suppose. I mean, that that, that worked out for the the second girl, but she didn't want Aldo. Well, I don't gone. know if she would have been fine if it was It on Didn't Tonyo. work out for her. Yeah. <laughs> no, <it didn't. laughs> well, who knows? We didn't see what happened with her. She just was upset.
1: I uh, imagine it didn't work out for her.
0: I mean, things didn't go great. All right, yeah. so uh, we'll head on to our next part. And for our second picture, uh, we are talking about Delta Space Mission, a 1984 Romanian animated sci fi picture uh, directed by Victor Antonescu and Mircea Toya. I think I'm saying those right. I don't know for sure. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> yeah,
1: I have no idea. Uh, this movie's a trip, though.
0: Very very much a trip. So this is based on a TV series that I think just ran for one season on, I presume, Romanian television. Uh, two episodes from it are included as well on the disc, and they're interesting as a contrast. So they're very short. It's like a few minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so it's Cosmos, year 3084. And it's a, a very hectic introduction to this movie. Like things happen very fast in this movie. It's it's all very abrupt.
1: The the whole movie is the length of the first part of Lucia.
0: Yes. The
1: uh, first part and, is actually 5 minutes shorter than this entire film.
0: And it's just a big galactic adventure. Like a lot happens <laughs> in that like Oh yeah. Of time.
1: <laughs> everything happens always. It does not stop.
0: So the, we, we've got two young astronauts that were introduced to by a voiceover saying, I hope you will like these young astronauts that we're introducing you to. Dan and I hope you can Oana. be friends with them. Yeah. Awana
1: doesn't do anything in the film.
0: Awana does nothing in the movie. Uh, Dan and Awana are kind of the main characters of the TV series. Dan does some stuff, but he's also not the main character here.
1: I think the main character is the little frog dog thing.
0: Yeah, kind of. Tin is sort of the main character. It's like Alma and Tin.
1: Alma and (laughs) Tin, but...
0: Because Alma is also the the point. Like, she's the focus. Yeah,
1: 60 tin 40 Alma, I say, for main character.
0: Yeah. So, Dan and Awana are rescuing a pilot from this stranded, exploding ship. And the character animation is really limited. You don't have a lot of facial expression. They don't move their mouths for the dialogue.
1: Yeah, it made it really difficult for me to know what was going on because I couldn't tell who was talking.
0: Everybody kinda has the same kind of semi-monotone voice.
1: Yeah, the the voice acting
0: It's not strong. Like I'm not familiar like,
1: with the language, but it's
0: yeah, it's, it does, it's, it's, it's very, not emotive. It's not very emotive. It kind of feels very Soviet, like if you've listened to Soviet sub uh uh dubbing. It it is kind of just that. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Uh so there's this really bizarre sequence where dan gets on this sort of vessel and it rises up and it starts flying and there's just synth music blazing and i'm like is this good is this supposed to happen i don't know what's going on and it smashes through a (laughs) wall the hull opens up and they're like oh oh my god no this definitely isn't a good thing going on i don't know what's going on but it's amazing (laughs) i love the music in this just it's it's very 80s synthy like very vapor wavy kind of disposable uh forgotten synth trash it's so cool
1: i like when the intro was playing i thought i was listening to an, a song from like the nes era of video
0: games yeah it's got a real video gamey <laughs> pulse to it commercials uh like uh inspirational videos like and anything from like the, the really cheap synth stuff that was kind of crammed into every uh, low quality commercial property in that period. <laughs> but like the perfect version of that. And it's just like constantly blazing. But anyway, uh, Dan and Iwana, they evacuate. They get out with the pilot. Uh, the narrator tells us we don't actually see it. The ship explodes. <laughs> yeah. And they go we back. We do to see
1: Earth. a lot of stuff. But a lot of the important stuff we don't see at the narrator just tells us.
0: Yeah, it's weird. We, we just get uh, we, we get the stuff that is the most fun to animate. So we get a lot of really yes. fun uh, robots. And I feel uh,
1: like they animated the film first and then built a story around it, because a lot of the times the stuff that's being animated is not acknowledged by any of the characters like somebody drops a tool at one point early on and nobody even says anything about it and it explodes
0: there's some weird stuff yeah like it's very chaotic it does feel like they kind of just had to paint over some stuff because maybe they ran out of money (laughs) that seems very likely could be uh so now we meet alma and her space dog frog he's called a dog an alien dog he's called
1: dog. a dog uh, but he definitely looks more like a frog he has two big long frog type legs no front legs or arms of any kind and he's his body yellow. is vaguely frog shaped mm-hmm. kind of and he's got like two eye stalks sticking out of yeah. his head and this is debatably our main character
0: very important character. He is the one who kind of solves things at the end. Uh, Alma is his owner and she's a reporter. Uh, she's from another solar system. I believe Op is where she's from. Yeah, that's right. Op. <laughs> Op with two P's. And she's her come to Earth. Op. Yeah. yeah. And she's come to Earth to report on the launch of this Delta space mission. I really like her ship. Her ship has as much personality as tin it's got these cool legs it can walk around on oh yeah the robot legs mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah that okay the ship is pretty cool uh, yeah it's like an egg-shaped ship that's got these legs so it looks like a walking egg
0: yeah it's it's kind of just a teeny little ship is like four seater uh i love the backgrounds in this it's funny because like the the character animation is so limited. The face is very inexpressive. There's very little movement in that crowd. But like beautifully painted backgrounds, like gorgeous oh, yes. Soviet block space. Like if, if you've seen that sort of stuff, like any classic uh, cosmic Soviet stuff, it's that style. and It's so gorgeous. And it's just always that for all of the space stuff, but just then these really limited characters kind of walking through it. It's kind of a trip.
1: And uh, everything that isn't a human is so beautifully... I, I almost want to say over-animated.
0: A lot of the time, like it's, it's all very beautifully put together, and it's clear that's where the interest was. Uh, yes. it, it reminds me of... Uh, I, I can't remember where it was... In one of the Simpsons commentary tracks, Matt Groening talks about getting the idea for Futurama because like the animators loved drawing this kind of stuff so much more than like the regular characters.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't never heard that. Yeah. But that that uh that makes sense because clearly this is the part that they cared about.
0: We have yeah. this really weird montage where everyone's distracted by how beautiful Alma is.
1: <laughs> I guess.
0: Uh, someone, I mean
1: she is a green alien space babe
0: Yeah we she, Like again the character design is so Limited that we just have to be told She's beautiful we can't Really experience it but she does Have very prominent breasts Oh yes <laughs> So uh, we, we see someone get a bucket of paint Dropped on their head and then he just Like is still staring blissfully Unaware that it's even happened As it just oh, covers yeah. him <laughs>
1: Somebody else just like drops a huge piece of equipment
0: and it lands next to this guy like inches away from crushing him to death. And he just leans on it, happily staring at how beautiful she is. (laughs) It's very weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But we need to know that she's beautiful because otherwise.
0: How would we know
1: the story and the story doesn't work if she's not beautiful?
0: It is pretty key uh we we meet the other members of the team uh Yashiro and Anuta uh and they're one of them's asian one of them's black this is a very multicultural space crew
1: Anuta does nothing has no lines and i think is only ever seen standing in the background in like two scenes
0: Yeah i assume he has more to do on the show <laughs> I hope <laughs> <laughs> He's I hope the black so. guy he he is the token black character otherwise and uh, maybe like extremely token if he literally only is mentioned in these two scenes because I think he has two sequences where he's mentioned and uh, does not do things.
1: Yeah, I forgot his name until you told me what it was.
0: Yeah, I, I had to write it down because I didn't remember the first time. I watched this movie a couple times because it's really fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it feels like this team is uh, is the ugly one, so and so, and what's their name?
0: Kinda, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> none of them do much of anything. Like yeah. later, Dan and Yashiro will sort of help out.
1: they They kind of go on a mission,
0: and Dan, it sort of seems like he's the main character because he's the one who takes Alma to go see the space brain. Oh, and this yes. is a this is a key sequence. Uh, she's really stunned by how it looks like just a big, immense jewel. So it's this brain that runs Delta. It's this I don't know, giant space brain that looks like a huge gem. And somehow it controls the whole space station. Yep. Uh, But she's all like, oh my god, it's so beautiful. I want to keep it all to myself.
1: And then she has like this trippy um, gem fantasy that looks like it was like somebody's acid trip.
0: I love it. Her fantasy sequence. She's like flying around in space with just her and the jewel. It's like all to myself, all to myself. (laughs)
1: And I was like, wow, okay, this seems really pointless, but no, it's not. It's extremely important. This scene is the most important part of the movie, and the movie doesn't happen without this scene. This is what drives the conflict forward, because the space space brain falls in love with Alma.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It imprints on her. It starts replaying this all to myself, all to myself over and over.
1: Yeah. So uh, it decides that Whatever whatever the original mission of the Delta Space Station was, doesn't matter. Just got to possess Alma now.
0: So from Dan, we learned that it has really immense power. It can cultivate plant life, it can build robots, and it can organize all elements of a space launch. And he notes that for safety purposes, this launch will have no direct human participation.
1: Hmm, So fully automated.
0: That seems like not for safety purposes, I gotta say. It's yeah. the first time ever. Uh, we also get this really great history of Alma being a really badass reporter who's just great at shooting. Sort of a montage of her like greatest hits of reporting on revolutions and taking part in them.
1: <laughs> yeah. We see her with like a camera in one hand and a pistol and the other shooting aliens and robots and things.
0: Rules and then we we see that earth has this really gigantic broadcast antenna which allows full galactic communications and so she's reporting from earth to her home of op and she runs down uh, the the roles of all of our people so dan is the station designer so he's the guy who built delta okay, uh, okay. awana is the electronic device designer Yashiro is the onboard uh, the onboard electronics coordinator and Anuta does biocybernetics apparently does he now this is the last time we'll see him in the movie so we'll really have to keep <laughs> that in mind <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep i don't even remember what he looks like i think he has glasses i don't
0: know yes he has i think shades uh, so the space brain is hooked up we get these really cool cycling psychedelic colored lights. <laughs> uh, this movie is extremely psychedelic. It feels like something that was made in the 60s more than it feels like something made in the yeah. 80s, despite some very specific uh, 80s stuff that they or 70s stuff that they've stolen from.
1: I, I thought it was made in the 60s until the music started playing. I was like,
0: mm, mm-hmm. "Have this." Yeah. So Delta rejects the transport ship, it closes off all the corridors, it traps Alma and Dan inside, and tries to catch them with a bunch of mech arms, tentacles, clamps, all sorts of stuff. They just shoot them. Well, they, they do first, but then, like, they do get caught up because it just has so many of them, but mm-hmm. Tin can chew through any metal, so Tin just chews through all of them. Uh, I, I really love the gunfighting in these sequences, uh, when Dan shoots stuff, they just kind of turn into sparks, just melt <laughs> into light. Yeah,
1: there's no like explosion. They just poof,
0: sort of. Just kind of turn into glitter. It's it's a really neat animation effect. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a style that I've seen before. So they escape. I don't think I've seen way.
1: anything styled like this before.
0: No, yeah, the the style for this is really wild. Like it definitely has certain influences, but it's a really unique take. So they get out on this little two-seater craft, and Delta just vanishes. So now the new mission, recover Delta at all costs.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: and this like, seems why to Why
1: did this thing disappear?
0: Uh, yeah, they don't know yet.
1: They don't know yet, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but, like, this seems to be the plot of the show, except Alma isn't involved. Because the oh. the two episodes of the show are about the malfunctioning Delta and them just having to deal with the issues of it just cropping up different places and stuff. It's weird. Interesting.
1: Oh, Delta kind of looks like a Death Star.
0: Kind of. And they do some Death Star stuff with it. There's a lot of rips from Star, Star Wars. Trek 2. There's there's some Trek yep. stuff. There's definitely a Klingon Warbird. In fact, like right here, there is a Klingon Warbird. Uh Alma goes to some planet and is just taking pictures of tin, cavorting. <laughs>
1: yeah. They just they're just I guess she was just like, oh well, space station's gone. am uh, gonna go walk the dog.
0: Yeah, go take some cat pictures and a warbird shows up and it sends a probe. And this probe transforms or melts into this platform beam this beam platform. It shoots life beams
1: yeah so this is interesting this thing first it shoots a mountain which turns it into a big mountain person like like a, a stone giant
0: yeah and it chases after alma and she like calls back to base and gets out of there but like you know she flies around it i really like the effect of her Going around the entire thing like, what is going on with this? And it keeps trying to grab her. And she's still not really getting it that it is about her.
1: Yeah, yeah. She's just like trying to figure out what this thing is.
0: Yeah. And so an intercept team of planes is sent to go take on the monster. And she starts heading into town. So the beam platform starts bringing more shit to life.
1: Yeah. Now it shoots water. So now we've got a a giant person made out of water chasing after her.
0: It's like just a rogue wave just going through the streets of the city. It's pretty cool. Just chasing after her ship in the sky.
1: Yeah, it can turn into like a human-esque, a humanoid form.
0: Right. I really love the future city designs here too. Really cool. They all kind of look like they're just taken from actual uh, city planning guides and just like with animation going over them. (laughs) <laughs> They're very elaborate, very realistic Like They look like proper architectural diagrams And stuff, designs <laughs> uh, oh, The beam platform also brings this I, I don't even know what this third thing is Is it an antenna? I'm not sure It almost looks like an art piece
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know But it's the most humanoid Like It, it sort of looks like a giant robot And they send a bunch of Triangular fighter jets to battle with it
1: Oh yeah, yeah, so it kind of looks like like a power line sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Or like one
1: of those big ones, but it also has I don't know. Yeah, I it also idea looks like it, it has like a revolving restaurant on
0: top. Yeah. Like it might be an apartment building, but maybe not. Cuz Oh no. That that would seem weird. It doesn't really look like that, but yeah, it's it's very strange. Uh Tin tries to eat it but is unable to. <laughs> but they track down the original power source and dan shuts off the platform so the antenna monster just crashes down instantly and they're like well that was weird (laughs) i don't know what that was about alma's just gonna leave for earth now it's all good well i'm just gonna peace out sorry guys about this mission not working
1: (laughs) Yep. and then sorry guys about you having to rescue me from random shit
0: yeah the, she doesn't even feel like she was rescued she just like what was that she had uh some weird stuff's going down in your city but i don't know i'm gonna get out of here she still doesn't really realize that any of it was focused around her <laughs> yeah yeah but then leaving she's going through an asteroid belt and then she finds delta just stalking her and she doesn't realize yet she still is like well that's weird here's delta she's like hey guys Delta's here (laughs)
1: it's like wow that was incredibly easy I thought we were gonna have to search the whole universe for it
0: yeah and they send reinforcements and of course Delta generates its own battalion of jets and they're very TIE (laughs) fighter-esque they're very TIE fighter uh they pursue Alma and damage her ship so she has to escape in the cute mini craft with the legs (laughs) I love this thing it's so adorable so it like crashes down on basically Dagobah. It's it's a marsh planet.
1: But it's like reddish pinkish rather than green.
0: Yeah, it's I really love the design of this planet actually. It's quite psychedelic. Like the 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 jungles are just all red, but it looks like a psychedelic mushroom forest.
1: Yeah, the, like it actually looks like an alien planet that could I mean, I don't know if, what could and could not
0: exist for alien right.
1: planets, but it, it doesn't look like Earth with a red filter.
0: Yeah, it feels like it's inspired by like cellular biology or microscopic biology. It, it looks Actually, like yeah. cells rather than yeah. It, it, it's yeah. a really interesting design. Uh, so after she chases between some jagged rock formations, she splashes down in the marsh, and she contacts the rescuers and like. All right, let's explore. Let's check out the swamps of Akora. (laughs) Yep. And Delta drops a robot generating ship and just see hundreds of little robots pouring out of this thing. This is where the animation was like, this is where they wanted to do their animating.
1: Yeah, there's so many of these little robots and I could not for the longest time tell how big they were supposed to be. They're actually pretty big, but they look like little remote control toys.
0: Yeah, they look teeny tiny but they're kind of semi-human size.
1: Yeah, kind of like um, like those Mars rovers that when you see pictures of them, you think they're just little remote control cars, but no, they're this size of actual tanks.
0: Right. Uh, we see Tin battling some marsh creatures.
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> these marsh creatures. So this, these are like, I don't know why, but these are my favorite designed things in the whole movie, because they look like Bowling pins with the head of Kermit the Frog, but, like...
0: Oh, those are cheap. later. Oh, oh, this is... Those that. ones are slightly later. These are just these weird ones that, like, are trying to eat him. Oh, okay. And he does, like... the It's a series of flips, and finally he gets out of them, and then I think one of the first of these really big ones shows up. And these are the sort of bowl Or, no, these aren't even the bowling ball-shaped ones. Those are the ones that get the ship out of the muck later. Because he runs is- into... The 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 bowling ball ones are kind of penis-y. The, those are a little bit later. Those are the ones that are near the robot base.
1: Yeah, they're yeah right because the robots are watching Tin
0: uh, <laughs> cavort with them.
1: <laughs> cavort with them. Yeah. Okay. So I, I kind of lost track of when things happen.
0: Right. So uh, Alma <laughs> is like uh in the muck and a huge beast emerges from it and and this is sort of like the other one uh and it's sort of moving towards alma but this is when all the robots show, show up and it disintegrates it's disintegrated by a laser bot and then everyone sort of runs different ways so tin goes into the shroom forest alma's surrounded by robots and she also takes off into the forest uh, this is where she's using her Han Solo gun. It's clearly Han it Solo's gun. It is
1: such a Han Solo gun. Yeah. So I was actually looking, this uh, looks like, oh no, oh, I read it wrong. It came out in 84. I thought it was 81, so it's like, Hmm. yeah, but no, 84.
0: Yeah, 84. <laughs> That's because I had thought set... that maybe
1: only this first Star Wars movie would have come out.
0: Oh, yeah, no, because it's set in 3084. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, a thousand years later.
0: Uh, we we get a lot of dangerous beasts in the jungle. There's these floating green things with blue tentacles. There are walking sea urchins, which the tentacle things, I guess, eat. Everything seems to have tentacles on this planet.
1: Lots of tentacles. Except for my bowling pin creatures.
0: Right. They have no they have... limbs at all.
1: Well, they can make arms.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm they fun. can make arms. That's true. Uh, Tin tries to eat a tree, but it's too gross. <laughs> <laughs> he does this weird thing where, like, he... It's almost like a Tasmanian devil thing. It's where, very like, it much spins a Tasmanian
1: devil thing.
0: Yeah. he
1: like spins around it and then it turns into like, um... oh God, I
0: can't well, think of it. It's like, it's it's like when you see a beaver chewing on something yes. in a cartoon. In a cartoon. A yeah. Like yeah. Yeah.
1: It's exactly like that.
0: Uh, So we see Alma just blastering robots forever. Like for this entire section of the film, we're just constantly cutting back to Alma Shooting robots in uh, space in the jungle, <laughs>
1: Yeah well Tin's, well Tin's doing uh, his thing.
0: His important adventure as the main character, I guess. Because yeah. he chases a robot back to their home base, uh, but they chase him off at first, and he falls into this pink jelly marsh where we meet the green frog monster bowling pin, kind of penisy, I think, kind, because they like, do look kind of penis-y there, there's I think especially when they point their noses upwards because they have kind of oh, a flared yes. head. And especially when so they they're they they pick up Tin and they're <laughs> throwing him back and forth and he lands directly on one of their noses and it pushes all the way in like a turtleneck. Yeah. That yep. looks very penisy. But they love Tin. They're like hugging and kissing him.
1: Oh yeah. And they're they're like playing they're like playing volleyball with him kind of yeah and and it feels like this sequence hap- goes on for like longer than it needs to
0: it goes on quite a while uh it because it, like it cuts back to it a couple times because we also cut in the middle of it to Dan and Yoshiro finally showing up on the planet
1: <laughs> oh yeah right I forgot about them and we also cut to the robots watching Tin play with these well, get played with by these things.
0: Yeah, they they gather to watch. Uh I I like the sh- the scene of Dan and Yashiro suiting up and equipping their blasters. Like a uh, really cool action blur to the way the movements are done. Like w- when they're equipping the blasters, like the the animation blurs to the movements, like it was really interesting. Oh,
1: okay. I I didn't
0: catch it. Uh, so the robots are watching Tin. They shoot a bunch of lasers at him and the Marsh Beasts and catch him in a laser net.
1: Uh, don't shoot the Marsh Beasts. They just want to play.
0: Of course, he chews his way out of the net. Of course. Uh, and he can tunnel into rock just by eating it, because that's a mm-hmm. thing he does. Yep. And he finds, like, this huge tunneling bug beast in the mountain. It's like a pill bug. This oh, mega yeah, pill bug. Thing. Yeah, and so he wraps that up in webbing and then he tunnels upwards and he sweeps all of the robots off the cliff's edge from behind with a branch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it feels kind of Looney Tunes here.
0: It really with is.
1: These, like Tin's little mini adventure here.
0: Well, Like all of Tin's stuff feels very Looney Tunes, except no one else does. Like nothing else that happens No, nothing in else it. is like no that. No other characters.
1: <laughs> nope, just him.
0: Because, uh, like, again, we, we cut back to Alma still fighting. Dan and Yoshiro finally are close enough to hear the battle.
1: <laughs> so what were they doing? Were they just going to just search the whole, fly around the whole planet until they saw her over, from overhead? I
0: have no idea. Because, like, they landed and then they were just, like, running through the area listening. Because the, huh. then, like, because they they landed, they suited up, and then... Like, finally, after a while, it's like, oh, there there's shooting over th- in that clearing. Let's go that way. Oh, yeah, I don't know right, right. How, yeah, I don't know how they expected to find her, but they did. It like, worked out. They
1: could have landed on the other end of the planet, for all they know. Yeah. But it worked out. I guess it was a small planet.
0: Yeah, and so Tin finds the repair-slash-construction-robot-module thing, and he disguises himself as a robot to infiltrate <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: He's like doing the thing where the cartoon character is wearing a bush and they like get up and tiptoe with the bush.
0: Except it's like a broken robot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Alma finally, by the time Dan and Yashiro show up, has been captured. Uh, An electro energy net has caught her, but then Tin sabotages and blows up the machine, so she's freed
1: tin saved the day he he was the the
0: hero
1: on the on the planet part
0: yeah but of course they go back and they find that their ship has melted (laughs) (laughs) yep it's it's just (laughs) it just melted melted. it's ruined and they're like well we're trapped we have no communications and dan and you are like we can't even take our helmets off so time is pretty limited Uh, it turns out that they're wrong because we'll find out pretty soon that they can take their helmets off
1: but Alma is adapted to be able to breathe in any atmosphere. Apparently, they made sure to point this out.
0: Yeah, as so though Yashiro and Tin go to salvage Alma's ship, of course. And so
1: this is ridiculous. What they do, I love it
0: <laughs> with this big melanating beast. Like this is the. I, I think this is the same as the one that lumbered towards her earlier and got disintegrated. It's one of those. It
1: might be, yeah. So it, it takes these big fruits off of these overhanging branches and just swallows them whole and disappears back into the swamp.
0: It's sort of like an anteater mouth. Like it, it, it just oh like yeah, sucks it looks a them lot in. like
1: an anteater.
0: hmm And so, <laughs> so they... They're,
1: they're yeah, planned please. to get... This is ridiculous. I And I I'm so mad that it works. They <laughs> take one of the fruits off of the tree tie it up to like a vine uh tie i don't know they attach the vine to something inside of the ship
0: or like under the ship to like lever it or something
1: i i don't really know yeah i don't and know then they throw the fruit with the vine over a branch so that, it, that it's hanging so when the monster tries to take the fruit off of the vine he ends up lifting the ship out of the swamp
0: yep this is pretty creative, it's like, I like that It's
1: creative, but I, I'm so mad That it worked, how powerful is this vine?
0: <laughs> well, and how, how Powerful is this beast?
1: Yeah, that too well, Yeah, yeah, that too, actually We we don't but, really get a clear Indication of the size of anything
0: No, I know there's not a lot of perspective Yeah, I don't know It seemed pretty big when there was one Lumbering toward Alma Yes. <laughs> if it yep. was the same thing, I don't know either uh so they return to the ship and Dan is just unconscious without the helmet. Apparently they didn't need them. <laughs> but Alma's Apparently gone. not, yeah. And we get a really cool flashback to Alma and Dan just punching robots a punch <laughs> until she gets caught in an energy net and hauled away. Uh so oh, of course, oh go ahead. Uh and every
1: now and then while all of this is happening. Throughout the whole movie, actually, we'll cut back to the space brain that will like be doing a make putting a holographic Alba face over itself, saying all mine, all mine. Just at random points throughout the movie, they do this a lot.
0: All to myself, all to myself. Yeah. So Dan, Yashiro, and Tin take the module to chase the robot ship back to Delta. This is when they do the basically it's the Death Star trench run. This is they do redo it. <laughs>
1: completely the Death Star trench run. They're they're um,
0: battling interceptors, they're going through a trench <laughs> on yep. uh Delta. It's just
1: not a straight line. That's the only yeah. way it's different.
0: And Alma is inside already with the gem. They're just having a conversation. She's actually really chill. Because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> it's it's really great that we have this sort of contrast because we keep cutting back outside to dan and yashiro and tin in the the module they're fighting like robot tube cannons and these ray shooting balls (laughs) (laughs) and then like alma is just inside sitting cross-legged in a chair pretty chill they're just having a conversation
1: (laughs) yeah like like you half expect her to be holding a cup of tea
0: yeah uh so dan and yashiro uh they intentionally get captured so that they can get inside delta uh, but they're stopped by a stasis field, so they can witness the rest of the conversation. <laughs> and the gem is yeah. just having an existential crisis. It's like, oh, well, I, I, I'm interested in love, and, uh, I, I, listen, I'll take you to a wonderful planet called Home. And Elma's like, you're just trying to get human concepts like love, hope, and she starts listing a bunch of human things, and it starts freaking it out. <laughs> Yeah. And she's, she's
1: basically like, well, you can't You can't learn this shit, so stop yeah. trying
0: Love, hope, home, happiness, peace, mother You don't get any of that stuff Screw you, robot <laughs> Fuck uh, Tin sneaks inside the, like, some panel or I don't even know, but he chews a bunch of important wires And the gem just turns all black and dies <laughs> <laughs> Just like that And they escape, that's it a uh, really great final line uh because without life planets wither and die under a no man's sky
1: I don't know if that's true
0: without life <laughs> well <laughs> yeah.
1: okay i guess i mean we have planets
0: they are yeah, just dead they're empty uh you're right you're right uh so yeah uh i, I really enjoy this little movie it's it really feels like a Saturday morning cartoon It does. Like, from the eighties. Like it does feel exactly of that vintage, but with a weirder psychedelic sixties strain to it.
1: Yeah. I, I was in the wrong headspace when I tried to watch it. So it didn't really vibe with me, but get your, your, uh, your drug of choice. Uh, if, if you do that thing and maybe you can, maybe this movie will make some sense, or maybe you won't care if it doesn't.
0: I, I find it pretty easy to vibe with. It's it's very chill. It's it's very relaxed. I love all of the synth music, uh, how just cheap and ratty it is. I really love the backgrounds and the robot designs. Delta looks really cool.
1: Delta does look neat. Like, I did compare it to a Death Star, but that's not really fair. It's just round. Um, yeah, it's but just, it does...
0: It's a round space station, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't. I mean, I guess by that logic, every round space station is going to look like a Death Star.
0: A little bit. I mean, it's probably what inspired it. They did steal from Star Wars a bit. Oh, they <laughs> did. It is there. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, this is the second movie from Deaf Crocodile. Uh, Deaf Crocodile is a new label. Uh, the previous one was. Unknown Man of Shandigore, which I also totally loved. Really stoked for the stuff these guys are putting out. Right on. All right. any last thoughts before we head on into our final section?
1: Teach robots to love, man.
0: Just just do it. Yeah, you don't have to just tell it that it's not allowed to. If it has AI, I mean, maybe it can love. It can't physically love. I mean, I hope not. That's kind of demon seed territory. Well... (laughs) <laughs> you ever see Street? Th- no. Oh, it's bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Very in the year weird.
1: three thousand, maybe two
0: thousand eighty-four. Yeah, know.
1: maybe robot sex isn't gross.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I I feel that it is a direction that the world is heading. We are creating sex bots. I. It's just this one's the size of a planet, is all. Well. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's. Gonna hurt going in.
0: It's like Orson Welles as Unicron.
1: <laughs>
0: anyway. I'd love
1: to see Orson Welles just voice one of these characters.
0: Oh, that would be great.
1: Or, or, or he... even just give his opinion on this movie. <laughs>
0: I, I will listen to Orson Welles' opinion on anything, <laughs> uh, especially the great wines of California. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, On to our third part. Okay, and for our third section, we're going to talk about some movies that we watched in the past week and discuss what we're going to watch next week. Uh, and first off, we both watched. We got together and watched Legendary Weapons of China, another of the eight films, kung fu <laughs> pictures. This
1: this one this one is a feels like a comedy. Like there's a this one's a lot funnier than the last few that we watched.
0: A lot of supernatural elements, uh, like kind of goofy paranormal elements in terms of the kung fu fighting. It's the 18 legendary weapons of China are being kept by the one man who knows how to use all of them.
1: Yep, and the people from the Spiritual Boxing Association, which I'm sure actually translated to something much cooler than that, uh, they want, they, they think he's too dangerous to be allowed. To live if he's not part of their Group
0: yeah because he's not Willing to train them for this war Because he doesn't want His students to Be in battle Or something
1: well It's because like they've Had the whole Honing your bodies that you're like Immune to sword stuff but it Mm -hmm. doesn't Work on firearms
0: yeah it doesn't Work on bullets
1: but Like he doesn't and so he doesn't want His students to get shot Whereas the association is being like, oh, no, your special Kung Fu does work on bullets. You'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, and th- that's why that's why the guy left the association.
0: Right. And we, we have this really great sequence of them sending out people like they, there's a decree to kill him. And we have this the sequence of just like them shooting a couple guys <laughs> just <laughs> to test it out and killing yep. them. Uh, it's
1: uh, okay Well you guys try it now Alright yeah. now you try
0: it Like oh we're we're gonna run out of guys soon uh, <laughs> But ultimately We have our like three characters From that scene all end up Being our main characters in the rest of the movie Except for the guy they're going after Louis Gung Or is it Gung Lui I can't remember uh, which way Lui it is Ga- I'm not sure I think it's Louis Gung But yeah, uh, yeah, the, he's Louis the guy Gung. they're after And uh They're all after him, but they all don't know that they're after him. And our main guy is, like, kind of an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. Ultimately, like, they they get in this whole weird fight with this street performer who's pretending to be Louis Gong. And there's, like, a giant battle in an outhouse. Our main character ends up swimming in poop and getting... Just a horrible disease, and he's sick for almost the rest of the movie, <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't even get to do the final battle. He just gets to show up for it,
0: yeah, because he's so sick from being in poop it, it's it's a very strange take on the kung Fu movie, and it's almost yeah, all it's, fighting like, the, the, it's yes, yeah. the the way we're saying it doesn't sound like it, but yeah, it's almost constantly just fights. There's very little in between them and I I guess in contrast to what I was talking about last week with um, uh, Flag of Iron, this one, it doesn't have the dialogue where they're all like, this is what we just did and what we're going to do. And I kind of respect the dialogue a little bit more because I totally knew everything that was going on all the time in Flag of Iron. There are a lot of points (laughs) in Legendary Weapons. I was like, what's going on? Who are these people now? Why are they fighting? Why Uh, are you fighting him? Who are you? Why do I'm you confused. look like this guy? What What are these people's motivations? So I, I take back anything uh, negative I said about Flag of Iron's structure in that regard. Although it, it could have been tamped down a little bit, to be fair. <laughs> this one just Honestly, could have used some of it.
1: I I actually kind of liked it because...
0: No, that's like, true. It was really You're fun.
1: supposed to... S- oh, well, I mean, I liked... The I mean I kept you off guard give you the exposition yeah. because you're supposed to be seeing all this through the view of the, the dumb one guy, guy. who's yeah. really dumb and wouldn't know what's going wouldn't really know what's going on anyway. And, and you still find out everything before he does.
0: Yeah, you, you kind of just have to slowly put it together before he is able to. Which is yeah. interesting. It's it's a cool structure. Uh really fun. The fight sequences are just pretty incredible at times
1: there's this one guy who fights by like turning people into like voodoo puppets. Like he's got like this voodoo doll made out of McDonald's wrappers.
0: That's yeah. so much fun.
1: <laughs> and like, he controls this street performer to make him fight these other guys.
0: Yeah. That street uh, it's performer. Really it's a whole big, weird that sequence. Scene like,
1: is like half the movie. It feels like.
0: Yeah. Like that guy clearly was a guest, like a, a major comedic performer. Uh, I, I think I read on IMDb that he died, like, a year later in a car accident. Aww. But he was, like, sort of an important dude at the time. But, like, he is, like, actually in the credits as a guest star. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, really interesting movie. Again, like, all of these 88 films so far, the their kung fu stuff, just rad. I've really enjoyed all three of them so far.
1: Yeah. Um, and the fact that they just... St- they don't end, they just stop.
0: Yeah, this one just immediate the last last battle is ending is like boom the end, we're done, just get out of here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, don't
1: don't even pick up the pieces from the fallout. Don't see how the boss reacts to anything. Just nope, nope battle's over, the end.
0: We're we we have no more fights to see. Why would you want to stick around? <laughs>
1: <laughs> to find out what happened after the fights? If it's not another fight, I don't care.
0: What is this, Lord of the Rings? (laughs) So uh, first up in the the moves, we've got Zombie Cop. This is another one from the book Walter Dakota shot on video, six film deal with Chick Boxer that I talked about last week.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, So this one's a voodoo supervillain called Dr. Death, and he kills a cop and then resurrects him as a zombie, just, you know, to mess with him because he doesn't like him. Right. Uh but of course the cop now that you know he's an undead zombie, he can just spend all his time going after the bad guy. So it was just really a stupid plan. Didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> um it's problematic. Uh there's some really there's a very unfortunate uh racial caricature character. Uh oh, and no. An Indian convenience store clerk that's just Oh no. Ooh, it's rough. Uh but otherwise it's worse than Apu. So much worse. It it makes a pooh look oh. so good. Uh it's very unfortunate. And they like they they. I don't know who plays him because they uh give the guy like an incredibly long name. And oh. then uh that he's as himself in the credits. <laughs> uh next up is Sins of the Flesh. This is a Euro one. I've been kinda into some Euro sleaze lately. We we did we talked about uh, Blind Date last week. In yep, that respect. Yep. This is much sleazier, of course. So this is about a psychotic, wealthy mama's boy. Uh, he's sort of in love with his stepmother. And she sort of runs the business and controls all the money. And he's just kind of wanting to get a hold of more money. And like, he's getting into his car and finds a car thief robbing it, like this young guy who's robbing it and he enlists him and this runaway girl who's running away from her stepfather trying to rape her it's a lot of step-parent sexuality here in this is weird oh dear very ahead okay. of its time uh oh yeah <laughs> so yeah he he gets this car thief and the runaway girl and like Just involves them in a bunch of sex games and has them seduce and blackmail his stepmom to get in the business. And he's just like a total psychopath. He's getting worse and worse. He's clearly on his way to escalating to murder. Uh, Very sleazy, very interesting, super nasty, trashy stuff. All right. Uh, Next up is The Farmer. This is that quasi lost film about a World War II vet. Uh, so he's it, – it, it starts with this guy. He's on the train back to his small town coming back from World War II. He's got the Silver Star. He's just a, a total hero. But like on the train with all of the other army guys, there's a black guy who wants to get a drink. And he's refused to drink because, you know, it was still yeah. segregated in 45. So – He's completely disillusioned by this. He gets in a fight on the train. He gets thrown off the train. (laughs) This war hero. This is how he comes back to his hometown. And it's just this movie of disillusionment with the continued racism and capitalist greed that he's come back to after fighting this war. He sees his farm gets foreclosed very quickly and he saves this rich gambler from a drunken car wreck on his farm. He swerves to miss a cow and Rolls his car over. <laughs> <laughs> and they just sort of become friends, I guess. Uh and the gambler gives him like fifteen hundred bucks, which is huge for him. Yeah. But then the gambler That'd has That'd be huge it. for me. Well yeah. It'd be <laughs> huge for a lot of people. And this is nineteen forty five, right?
1: Yeah. So like that that you could Big do money. something with fifteen hundred bucks back then. You could pay rent.
0: Yeah, like it's not quite enough to pay off the farm, but like it's it's a it's start. Something. No? Yeah, it's, it's uh but the gambler he's uh he's messing with some horse races. He's doing uh past posting, which is where like you have a guy posted on the track with binoculars who's like nearby with a phone. Whole elaborate thing that doesn't exist anymore. But like they pour acid in his eyes uh in retaliation, so he hires the farmer to put a hit on all of the gangsters.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh it's it's brutal. It's a very harsh movie. It's quite grimy. Uh but it's it's interesting. It's it's kind of cool to see this thing appear cuz you know it's been it's it's never been seen since its original theatrical run in the 70s. Cool. Uh next up is Batman Forever.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> uh, this movie. This movie. Oh
0: my god. So like when I originally saw this movie, when it came out, like I didn't see it in theater, but I saw it on VHS and I hated it. (laughs) I absolutely hated it at the time, even though I was like a huge fan of the soundtrack. Like I bought the soundtrack on CD before I saw the movie. It was like one of those fundamental CDs like early in my collection that I listened to so much for years. But this is the first time I feel like I get it. Like, I, I watched it the other night, and I told this to you. I, I posted in the group chat about it that, like, I finally get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and what did you use to describe the movie when you came to that realization?
0: It's completely a slash fic. It's a neon <laughs> noir slash fic. And, uh, like, it's, it, it hit me right from the opening because you've got this moment where you have, an, have a POV shot of Batman in his hot leather outfit just swinging directly towards the camera and it's like this is a weird shot and then you get the reverse of that shot and you see that this is from the pov of nicole kidman's character chase meridian and she is just awestruck she's like oh my god the fantasy is really happening (laughs) it's like the the lighting behind her wind blowing in her hair it's a romance movie opening meeting and she's like oh this is really taking place and then, like, the rest of the movie, it's her trying to sleep with the Batman. Like, she's the other supervillain, but, you know, her her villainous plot is just to sleep with the Batman, so it's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a great movie. I really enjoyed it this time. I just, I, I finally get it. It's, it's just, the, the colors are incredible. It's very, it, it's, a, it's a merger between the 66 Batman and the Tim Burton Batman. So, it's weird and perverse, but, like, fun and goofy and really ridiculous.
1: Yeah, last time I saw this, I still thought the 66 Batman was bad. So, this, maybe it does deserve another watch because 66 Batman is amazing and I had terrible taste when I thought it was bad.
0: See, for me, like, I got into 60s Batman and I went back to Batman Forever with that in mind. And I still didn't like it, but... Now I do, like with a little okay. bit more time and with a little bit more reflection on just the concepts and how they go about it, because it's just such a weird movie that, like, it's it's all about this brain sucking fantasy machine that the Riddler creates, which also oh, kind of yeah. feels. isn't
1: it like a giant blender?
0: It looks like a huge blender that you put on top of your TV for some reason. <laughs> And, like, Jim Carrey as the Riddler is really weird. It's a bit too much, but I feel like he was a good pick for it. I just feel like the character's written really badly. (laughs) But it's such an interesting, horny movie. I really like Tommy Lee Jones as the most bizarre Two-Face. Just, like, he's got party on one side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's just so excessive. All of the interactions are very slash ficky though like the way people talk to each other the way people have conversations and especially everything with robin the robin story is so bizarre like the the part where he's like doing action laundry folding (laughs) what it's it's such a weird movie (laughs) okay Uh, but yes i finally come to appreciate it (laughs) all right (laughs) uh and last it's
1: that and The one that came after are the only ones The only Batman movies that I ever saw Just the one time
0: Oh, interesting Oh,
1: and and I guess All the post-Snyder ones
0: Right, yeah, no, I haven't seen any of them Or, I
1: guess, post-Nolan
0: Yeah, the the Nolan ones They're the last ones I saw I have not seen uh, any of, like, the Justice League stuff Or uh, The Batman, which just came out Today Yeah, Yesterday or something Oh really? Like this week, I think. I don't know.
1: Oh cool! That one's got uh, the Riddler and Robert Pattinson. He's.
0: I like Robert Pattinson.
1: I, I I used to hate him because he was in Twilight, but I was also young and stupid at the time.
0: He um, also really hates Twilight. He also and hates <laughs> Twilight, I kind of. Uh, <laughs> him,
1: him and Kristen Stewart both do. I kind of respect that.
0: Yeah, I've oddly <laughs> enough, I've rewatched. The first couple Twilight movies recently, Uh, and they're not as bad as I remembered. Especially the first one has some fun moments. I love the the vampire baseball game. Oh, it's a trashy, stupid movie, but it's kind of fun. When I read it in the book, yes, I read the book. I I like the vampire baseball game in the movie a lot.
1: Uh, I I couldn't get rid of the Twilight book when I read it. I like had it, and I tried to get rid of it, but it kept showing up in my possession until I would read it. It was
0: cursed.
1: <laughs> it was the Cursed Book of Twilight.
0: I've never read them on. uh don't. But I I've seen the films. Or like I I guess I've only seen the first three. Uh, I'll I probably only saw the first film. And later. only
1: read the first book. I'm not gonna touch this series again, I don't
0: think. <laughs> uh okay, so the last picture uh is the Ernie game. It's a Canadian nineteen sixty seven Montreal picture, sort of Canadian new wave. Uh, it's okay. this guy who gets out of a mental institution and he just kind of goes relationship hunting because he's this social parasite, basically. Oh, dear. Uh, okay. Extremely narcissistic. We see him just get into relationships and just feed off people until it goes to hell. Uh, It's It's very oh, interesting. So
1: the precursor to the Dennis
0: game. Yeah, it's sort of a Dennis game, a Dennis system, except he's just like... it's more of a sixties character. Like he feels like the characters in Kerouac to me where he's just this raging narcissist, but like everybody finds him charming for some reason (laughs) until he just like destroys everybody's lives because he's just a total narcissist. Uh, It was very interesting. There's a sequence with Leonard Cohen. Uh, Leonard Cohen appears in it singing a song uh, at like a house party because, you know, he was just like a local Montreal folky at the time, so he...
1: Oh, right, this was in the 70s, you said?
0: This is 67.
1: I was, uh, yeah, I was thinking, I didn't know Leonard Cohen did house parties. <laughs> well, I mean, he's gone now, rest in peace, but
0: mm-hmm. yeah, wow, okay, cool. Yeah, that was kind of neat. But yeah, uh, interesting movie, but uh, it, it's he's not a very likable character. And extremely Canadian, all the Canadian accents and just the 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 60s Montreal locales were really cool to look at. All right, so that's it. I just kind of
1: wondered, where does the Canadian accent come from? Because I'm Canadian, you're Canadian. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We live in a Canadian city. Nobody here talks like that.
0: Well, like, that's because that, of the, the most... Or is that
1: more of, like, an East Coast thing?
0: It's more of an Eastern Canadian or sort of Middle Canada. Like, the, the Middle Canada or the the stereotypical Canadian accent kind of is just Midwest accent because people in Wisconsin oh, sound like that, too. Right, and that's <laughs> oh, yeah, like don't you know connected
1: that? to Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Right, so... <laughs> I guess so I those are the five, one. yeah.
0: What do you think? Um
1: I think, uh, I think I want to go with Batman Forever because
0: yeah. it's I, so much I don't fun. <laughs> normally
1: pick movies I've seen before, but you kind of sold me on a rewatch.
0: Well, especially if you haven't seen it in a really long time as it's I had. It's been at had. least 20
1: years, yeah.
0: Uh, and it's one that I do feel like I have stuff to talk about. And honestly, of the five movies I watched last week, I think it is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, like, I, I kind of of all of them that I think this is the closest to my jam.
0: Well like until I watched like I I just watched the Ernie game an hour ago before we started and then like before I watched Batman Forever I was thinking like cuz I cuz I I only watched a few because I had a bunch of other stuff to watch on the Criterion Channel. It was the last month, last week of the month. And I I was like, "Oh, there are really objectionable things in the all three of these movies." And then I watched Batman <laughs> Forever and like, "Oh, though <laughs> cuz like there is considerable amount of uh, sexual assault in both sins of the flesh and the farmer <laughs> some very sins of the flesh
1: a movie called sins of the flesh has can sexual assault can you believe assault? it
0: can huh. you believe it but the farmer does as well uh, it sounds and of like an course
1: like Al adamson title
0: it does uh, but and then of course zombie cop has the really racial really bad racist yeah. character and was like Ugh. so yeah batman forever Cool all right, cool. <laughs> uh, very few additions because I kind of consolidated the newer stacks that there weren't even like stacks, just like the provisional ones of like new stuff that are i I think of them as the the depression stacks. When I'm not in the mood to put stuff away, they just kind of i I have like several new piles of new stuff that I haven't shuffled in. <laughs> I okay. dealt with them, <laughs> so they're all back together, and now I don't have those extra ones. All so those right. are back to normal. <laughs> Uh, so two editions only uh, okay. First we have How to seduce a virgin <laughs>
1: ah, How I would imagine it's not very hard Actually
0: so This is a Jess Franco film uh, I've talked of him often we haven't really watched any of his movies Yet but I've I've watched a bunch of them <laughs> over the past few months uh, Oasis of Zombies Is the one I always reference Right right Uh Weird Sexy Nightmares is his vibe. Uh, this one is about this wealthy countess, and she's released from an institution because she castrated her ex-lover, uh, so she was sentenced there for a while. But they figured she's okay now, so they let her go back to her castle and dungeon. Uh, and okay. her dungeon's just full of statues of victims because, like, that's what she does. Uh, and her husband is trying to get her to go after their neighbor's virgin daughter for some reason. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) that that is the plot. (laughs) I have not seen it yet, but, you know, it sounds like a Jess Franco movie. All right. (laughs) And uh, the only other one added is Ham on Rye, which is quite recent. I think it's 2019. And it's this experimental, abstract coming-of-age movie. It's sort of, uh, from my understanding, it plays like a horror movie, but it's about just the suburban rituals of entering adulthood. sounds really cool. It sounds like my kind of weird vibe. Uh, But that's the only additions. Uh, So what do you figure for our main pick? All right. Um,
1: Yeah, I was uh, having a look through here. And...
0: Got any thoughts on some stuff?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking we picked kind of a, a... An older uh, one that had been in the sitting in the stacks for longer, uh, like a I guess a new stack to me at least. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to something old, maybe something some not old, but something maybe not quite so heavy as Lucia can get. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm not quite sure. I'm leaning towards the next sartana okay or because that that's the that's the kind of vibe i'm feeling right now
0: right right
1: and and the (laughs) and and the dark blackness of sartana would go be a great contrast with the incredible colorfulness of batman forever Hmm. but i'm not sure i'm not completely sure because uh, I also saw Serpico and you know what let's do Serpico because Serpico. I, want, I want that uh, episode of Always Sunny to make sense
0: <laughs> Alright cool yeah I've I've actually never seen Serpico which is wild because I love Pacino oh, sh- really? and I'm a big Lumet fan and this is a Sydney Lumet movie
1: I uh, am shocked that, that I've heard of a movie you haven't seen
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy because it's one that I've meant to see forever. I've seen so many of Lumet's films, and this is kind of one of the major titles. I don't know how I've missed it till now, but that's why, like, literally, I was – I think it was when we were watching that uh, Always Sunny episode, like, you know, a few weeks back. I was like, I've never seen Serpico. And that night I went home and ordered a copy on Amazon. So, (laughs) yeah. All right. All right, so we'll do – Serpico and Batman Forever. That's an interesting pairing. Yes, some some different looks at law enforcement. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) All right.
0: All right. Cool. Uh, Any final thoughts before we close for the evening?
1: Uh, yeah. Vive la Revolution. We don't have one going on here right now, but if we did, I would vive it.
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh. I I wouldn't want to live in an ant-infested flop house, but otherwise that middle sequence did seem pretty romantic, honestly. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, thanks so much for listening. And And, keep uh, watching
1: them stacks.
0: Word.